Rappers and them Cartiers I do my thing any harder way And if you know where we're going Then you probably gonna be coming with us What is going on guys? Back with another big episode for you guys. We've got a big guest. We've got an awesome feature, and I'll throw it to Maddie to get it started. Yeah, we got Soapy from the Morse Code podcast. Uh, a lot like we do. You should definitely check them out. They're very enjoyable, although they talk a lot. A lot of Celtics, uh, a lot of other Boston area sports teams, a lot of pop culture, pop culture stuff, too. So we have the interview. We'll put this in the in the back half. We'll put the interview with Soapy in the back half of this. But definitely enjoyable. It was good talking to him. Yeah, stick around, fellas. Um, another, uh, just a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the normal programming. Um, we've got a pretty awesome giveaway going on on our Instagram page at uh, Mainly Celtics. Um, we've got a collab with our guy Shy Guy Cards. It's S H A I Guy Cards, and uh, we're give, doing a, a Celtics pack of player cards giveaway. So go check that out. Um, it's on the Instagram page again at Mainly Celtics. Go check that shit out and. Uh, get in the running um again i also i also wanted to uh give a quick shout out to our fellows mike reynolds and ryan rice for sharing the uh sharing the giveaway appreciate that fellas um i love it love it gotta love it gotta love to see the brand growing here um we've got an interesting little beef brewing with a current celtic and a former nba player matt would you care to take it away yeah, I thought it was interesting. Um, obviously, we all know uh, Lamar Odom and both Tristan Thompson have at one point in time. I don't know if Tristan's still dating Chloe. I think she is, even though Tristan just continually cheats on her. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, uh, Lamar just slid in, made a little compliment uh, called Chloe a hottie, and Tristan didn't take too kindly to that. So not at all. Did did you did you ever watch that fight? I think it was Aaron Aaron Carter and Lamar Odom. I saw I saw a bit of the highlights. I dude, saw Lamar looked. It, it was so bad, dude. Literally looked like literally like a full grown man, like boxy, like a small child. Like yeah. the Carter kid was like throwing punches and like he wasn't even like hitting. And then when he was hitting, like he wasn't even reacting. And Lamar just was like, bada bada bada, and just knocked yeah. him out. So I I I would not want to stare down a former NBA champ, seven foot monster of a of a man yeah. just. I, 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 you couldn't sign me up for that, no matter yeah. the price. What do you think would say, say in a boxing match? We want to do like street fight. Who do you think would win a boxing match, Lamar Odom or Tristan Thompson? I mean, I, I can't really speak to the dog that is in Lamar Odom. I, I obviously watched the end of his career with the Lakers and how everything played out that in that sense. But I think Tristan Thompson is sort of a dog. I know we rag on him a little bit here, but, I think he's a dog. I would take. I would take TT. Yeah. Also, the age doesn't help. I think Lamar's yeah, in like his mid mid forties or something like that. And yeah. Tristan Thompson is in the early thirties. So, and obviously, we know the toll that's been on Lamar Odom's body. He's been. He's literally came back to life at at a point in time. So. Right. So yeah. So, I mean, that's interesting. Just a little Celtics Celtics drama. Yeah. Um, Love to see that. Hopefully, Tristan Thompson is traded in the next couple weeks. I'm hoping. I'm hoping as soon as soon as can be. Maybe they already got something in the works. Maybe they're just waiting for the draft so they can trade a pick or something. But I would yeah. like, I would like to see a move for someone that could really be of, of high value for this team. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on the draft um, maybe next episode. I think next week's gonna be draft heavy. Yeah, definitely. But um, let's keep that. Let's let's keep this line open, and uh, I will formulate some ideas on some draft talk. Get you going next week for that. 
Um, what do you want to do first? You want to talk about some future Celtics or do you want to talk about the uh, USA Celtics? We talk about, well, the USA Celtic. Celtic, yeah. I mean, yeah. I sort of consider the Celtics as the U.S. team, though. You know I mean? it's Yeah, just because of the FIBA so, World Cup so, a couple years ago. Yeah, so historic, so great. Just the best franchise out there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. You said their first game. What time is it on? Tonight at 8. We're, it's 7.58 right now. Tip-off, I believe, yeah. is at 8 o'clock on NBC I don't, Sports. I don't know what I'm – I, that's the thing that's tough is being in the hotel right now. I don't know what NBC Sports is on here, so I'm gonna have to be searching in a little bit. But all right, yeah, I'm sure you can find it on your laptop. Yeah, well, I don't have my laptop with me. That was all, another key mistake. I went on vacation with a laptop, so I had to go watch like uh, go watch movies on my phone last night. Come on, man. that was you're, tough. That was a rookie, rookie mistake too. Yeah, yeah that was a rookie you're, the, you're the rookie. I'm the vet here, man. I don't. Yeah, I had it. I had it all packed away too, and I just I don't know. I just I forgot it. So that's rough. You can't go anywhere without your lightning to, to HDMI cord. So you got to, you can plug your laptop. Yeah. Like even if I made HDMI cord, like, I don't know if you can get like Netflix on a Nintendo switch, but I could have at least attempted that. Could have at least played some video games on the TV and said, like, I do have my switch with me. I haven't played it at all, but well, there's your second mistake, pal. You're racking yeah, up. I know I've been struggling and I'm probably <laughs> not going to probably after this, I'm just going to pass out immediately. But, uh-huh. um, Oh, yeah, we could talk about what you say. So we have our Olympics tonight. We have, well, is this a friendly or is this like part of, it has to be a friendly, right? Or is it like I, pool play or is it? I, I don't think it's pool play. I think it's just like a prelim, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really know how these, the international basketball works, but that should be exciting. It is fun because like international basketball, like the rules are slightly different. Yeah. I think the courts are th- like a little more narrow, I believe. I, yep. I know the three-point line is obviously a little bit closer. I know the ball is usually a different ball than they usually play with. And goaltending is, like, once the ball touches the rim, I'm pretty sure it's, like, legal to be, like, knocked out. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, 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 ball, the ball is what always uh, sticks with me. Like, I, I would think that using a different ball would be so weird as a pro player. You know, like, going from what they use Spalding in the NBA, correct? I think they're switching over to Wilson this year, but I think yeah, in the past they have used Spalding. Yeah, so like going from that to uh to the FIBA is it's the FIBA ball, correct? The uh yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it, it looks sort of cool. It's got like it's got it's sort of like the difference between NCAA football and the NFL. Like the FIBA ball has got the stripes, the NCAA ball is stripe. I just I sort of a tangent here, but I think that the NCAA ball looks way better out of the hand because it's got the the white little the leather patches on it when it's spinning out of a quarterback's hand it looks great yeah it's always nice to get a little pizzazz you know you don't want to be at all all monotone all one color if um, there's anything you could say about the mainly celtics podcast it's that we love pizzazz we love a little pizzazz second uh, we love robert robert uh, rob williams of course of course yeah. we know we know where our bread's buttered uh no the usa team it should be fun though uh, I believe um, Tatum started. It looked like it looked like they revealed Tatum starting. I'm guessing uh-huh. by that picture, it was like he Durant, Tatum, uh, he Durant, Bam, uh, Brad Beal, and Damian Lillard. So it's a solid yeah. starting five. That's so, pretty fucking sweet, huh? Yeah. So I'm not too concerned with Nigeria. No. I don't know if Nigeria has an NBA players that like maybe like Luke and Bob Mute. I don't know if he's even still in the league. Yeah, that guy's probably what 38 by now. Yeah, I don't know. They probably do have like one or two guys I can't think of, but I think what's his name? Adoka is Nigerian. I think you're right. Let me. Yeah, let I me, think he's. I, I he's not playing, obviously, but I remember I've seen pictures of him because 
international or Olympic rules are really weird where if your parent was from that country, you can play for that team. You never lived there. Like if your parent was like born in that country, you could play for that country. So it's like, that's why so many players can play like multiple different teams. Yeah. But once you declare you're playing for that team, like you're stuck on that team. Oh, really? Is that how it goes? Yeah. Like, like once you commit to like playing internationally, like, I think it is. I think I think once you play internationally at like the at like the eighteen plus level, because there's obviously guys that play like overseas for different teams and when they're in their youth, but then once they become a U.S. citizen, they can play for the U.S. team. Got it. Okay, or something like that. They, so they have they have a couple a couple um, pro players. Uh, Jordan Awara, uh, rookie for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks right now. He's not going to be playing. Obviously, went to went to Louisville. Um, another guy, I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago, a guy that I was interested in the C's drafting last year, um, out of Louisville, like I said, uh, they also have Al Farouk Amino, uh, Chimezi Metu, uh, oh, me too. yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Um, he's the one that plays for Orlando, right? Yes. And, uh, Ekpe Udo. Oh, good old Ekpe Udo. I don't think he's still in the league, is he? No, he's playing for the Beijing Ducks right now. Yeah. Beijing Ducks. Ooh. Um, what was the second name you listed? That was a familiar name. Alpha oh, no. Amino. And yeah, and Chimezi Me too. Yeah. Um Amino, I know it's like I'm pretty sure he's Nigerian, like he's a Nigerian prince. Is he really? Yeah, it was one of those things he's that been the one mention. emailing me. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, he was they'd always mention that in like two K eleven. They're like, Yeah, actually, um Alpha Camino is Nigerian royalty. He's actually a prince in his native country. I'm like, Oh, that's kinda cool. That's wild. Oh. So um I have a I have a thought about this uh this current current uh sort of team USA build. Is it a positive or a negative that Jason Tatum is getting a lot of buzz online on Twitter in the in the media through his um just be, just because he's on the team. I mean you, we said earlier that he's starting um is it a, a good thing that he's getting this buzz? Or do you think it will give him a uh, sort of unneeded pressure coming into next season? I don't think so. Cause I think like he, he already is understands that he needs to be that level of player. Like he's, it's not like this is his first rodeo. It's not like he's undeserving of this. Like he's a guy, he's an all NBA quality player. He didn't make the team last year, but he didn't make it the year before. Uh, so he's, he's, I think, oh, I'm not sure that happens. The approval of rest. He's ready for that moment, I think, and I think it's good for him to be on this team because I, I do think that it does help with recruiting. It really seems like I, with him and Bradley Beal playing together, it seems like Bradley Beal, after seeing how awesome Jason Tatum has become, maybe Wizards go off to a slow start next year. Maybe he demands a trade specifically to the Celtics to play with his buddy Jason Tatum. And then we have the big three of Jalen, Jason, and Brad Beal. Mm-hmm. And then we're – Dropping, dropping banner number 18 from the rafters. That's I, how I see this uh, playing out. That'd be pretty sweet. Um, I, I'm just a little, um, I'm, I'm not worried. I'm teetering on the edge of worried because we've seen in the past where guys get a lot of buzz, young guys get um, a lot of uh, outside pressure from these things. Like, like the stardom that comes with being on a, on an Olympic team and uh, it 
it negatively affects their their gameplay it negative negatively affects their uh sort of cultural importance not really that um not really that playing basketball is of a massive cultural importance but it uh it gives like a different edge to a player they've got to live up to expectations things like that that's just the sort of those are the sort of things that's going on in my head but i personally have massive faith in in jason tatum and i think that it's an absolute pleasure and a treat to be able to watch him on the world's biggest stage to represent his home country to show out for st louis with his boy brad beal who's hopefully a future celtic um i just i i just have seen this sort of road happen before and hope that hope that all the sort of all the flashing lights and these things doesn't uh hurt our 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 sacred son too too hard you know he's one that stays out of that stuff too like he's not one that i think is gonna be overtaken like he obviously likes to show off but he's one of those guys like at the end of the day like he's not gonna get caught up with all like the uh the media and start thinking that his brand's more important than like his game like he's one he literally he plays ball he goes home hangs out with his hangs out with his son so yeah and I think he's at the point in his career too, where, like I said, like, I think maybe if it was a few years ago, yes, this would be, a, he wouldn't maybe be ready to take this leap or maybe he'd think he'd, he'd take this leap and it's undeservingly so that he's like the star of this team, but he has shown like he, like he was an all NBA player two years ago. And then last year, I think he's got significantly better. He didn't make an all NBA team, but I think pretty right. much anyone watching him can say that he got significantly better as a player yeah. and he's kind of entered that that tier of like not superstar yet, but still star player. Like he's a like, star player. Like, like Jalen's still at all-star to you. Yeah. Like top 15 then, player in the NBA. Yeah. Like he's at that star level. I think Jalen's probably just outside that, like the, the all-star level, the all-star caliber player level. But yeah. I think Tatum's in that, that real kind of second tier of players right below the superstars. Absolutely. I can agree with you. And I, I, I fully agree that if it was a couple of years uh, earlier, then we probably would be having this discussion a little bit more, uh, a little bit more wholeheartedly, you know. Uh, but I, like I said, I got full faith. Um, it's going to be exciting to watch. I mean, the Olympics has has proven to be one an awesome place to grow your brand, to become a really, really uh, worldwide phenomenon. A great fan, uh, uh, grow a great fan base of play of, of uh, fans around you. And two, it's uh, proven since. Uh, the the since the LeBron year, the LeBron years that it's an awesome place to uh, finagle some team dealings, you know, yeah. and that's what we're hoping with Brad Beal. I'd really like to see, honestly. I'm trying to find the game right now, it's not not cooperating very well, but um, yeah. Besides that, yeah, Olympics. I'm all excited. It's very fun because it's basically like it's an all star game level atmosphere for like the USA team, especially up until you really start playing those quality teams. Like right. against Nigeria, where they have four NBA players. Right. Um, well, actually, I mean, I say that, but I think it was the Czech Republic only had one dude, and they beat Team Canada that has like seven or eight NBA players on their roster. Really? Yeah, Team Canada is not even in, didn't even make prelims. Like they got beat by beat out by the Czech Republic. Who can't think of who it was, but they legitimately have one NBA player on their roster. That's crazy. And it wasn't even like a star NBA. Player. I can't think of who it was. It was like a it was like a point guard or shooting guard. It was a little or white guy, but. Let me let me take a look. Yeah, it would be interesting that the Czech Republic had a had a black basketball player. Yeah, that would be. I mean, you never know. I mean, Luol Deng played for what? He played for England. And he played for France. 
Yeah. Uh, but I was also like, he's from Africa, but because they're like a territory of that, like, yeah. I know, I know how it works, but still, sometimes you see these, I mean, it's, it's not like black people don't live in, I mean, look at the Team Canada team. It's like, that team's basically all white. I mean, all black. Right. You don't really think of black people oh, in Canada. Tomas Sadoransky on the Czech team. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was someone that, like, not, it wasn't like crazy good, but he's like a salt, but yeah, but he basically, like, he put out, put up, put on for the, put on for the country and was able to beat Team Canada that had, uh, I think Wiggins was, I want to say Wiggins, Wiggins was playing. Wiggins, I think, RJ Barrett. Yeah. Like they legit had like some decent NBA players and they lost to Thomas Adoransky. So, or Tomas. Um, also on another note of uh, Eastern European countries going to the Olympics, uh, I think Slovenia on the back of Luka Doncic is making their first and uh, their first basketball appearance in the Olympics. Is that correct, Matt? I wasn't aware of that. I feel like I would have seen bigger news on that. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I haven't really heard I, of very many Slovenian stars, but I'm I'm eighty eight percent sure that this is their first Olympic basketball appearance. Eighty eight percent sure. That's a, what that's a very odd number to go with, but it's it's uh, just where my head's at. I'll believe you. I won't yeah. I won't fact check you because, like I said, I, I didn't bring my computer with me, so I can't look that up. Uh, and, and the in, the interns back at home asleep, dude. To say yeah, to yeah. Um, so that's. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. I mean, he was just getting triple double after triple double, and he seemed like he really wasn't even putting a whole lot of effort in. I know one game, like his first game out, he had like 18 assists, but he only had 10 points. So obviously, he was just like, yeah, I'm just going to kind of move the ball around. I don't really care too much. And that was just not friendly, but when it mattered, he's going to put on. It's going to be fun to see guys like – I doubt you. I mean, Giannis obviously isn't playing for Team Greece because he's, he's this deep in the season, but it is fun sometimes. You see these like one-on-one – basically, it's one-on-one games because it's like a – superstar versus superstar right uh going at it but i would like to see him play team usa to see oh, what yeah. he can do because you know he'd take that as a challenge that'd be a fun Absolutely. game to watch that would be that would be uh appointment television it would be very yes i would love to watch that i would love to watch the game that's going on now but it's looking like i'm out of the channels that they actually get so i think i'll start back at the beginning <laughs> Those, uh fucking hotel tvs are crazy man yeah it just sucks like i just hate that's the worst and there's a guide somewhere but i just don't want to look for it right now oh you got a lot of cars or is that is that nascar or arca racing there that's nascar is it yeah i didn't want to turn on that oh there's why is anthony mackie on my tv he's your boy america's got talent sure um so we have that uh speaking of other international players i want to look this up i didn't know how far if israel was in did you know if israel made it this far because they have our 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 boy our hopefully our answer to our point guard depth issues being hopefully the third string point guard he's got some decent size i think he's six three six four but it's i believe his name is yam madar yeah yeah, and he's uh, – they've been calling the Israeli Steph Curry, so that's a – Yeah, I, w- I was about to say, the first tweet – when you look up Yamadar on on Twitter, the first tweet is, their savior is coming, Yamadar is the next Steph Curry. Yeah, which is promising. Um, he did really well. It's very weird looking at international numbers just because the rules are different. Like, even the quarters are smaller, so usually their numbers – like, even Luka when he came over, Luka averaged like 16 points his last year before he came over. I think Yam's averaging 18 in the Israeli league. I don't know how competitive it could just be a shit league, but 
it's so tough judging international prospects because I have no idea the level of competition he's playing at. But he he looks really good in the highlights. So uh, yeah, he he's actually on the uh, Tel Aviv team, the same team that Denny Avija. Uh, how do you say it? Avija? Avija? Uh, Avija. I think you Avija. just like skip all the hard ones. Dan- Dan- Danny okay. Danny Avija. Danny Avija. Same same team Danny, that he played on. Um, and Denny was what the eighth overall pick for the Washington Wizards. I think he was higher than that. I think he was like six. Maybe he was eighth. Maybe he slid to eighth. But. Something like that. I don't know when the Wizards pick. Yeah. I don't really pay much attention to yeah. basketball. But no. So I mean, that's I guess that's pretty ready. pretty legit. And he really went like he looks good. He looks like a guy that can. I think the biggest thing though is like how is he going to be defensively? How is he going to be um, when he's not the primary option? It's like you see these things, and these guys are great scorers, and you see that with college guys like Jimmer Fredette. It's like wow, that guy's really great when the ball's in his hand twenty four seven. But right play him off ball he can't play defense he really doesn't like move super well off ball he doesn't facilitate so he can't really have the ball in his hands as a point guard so you see these weaknesses with guys once they are not they're no longer the primary option when they're not the primary option they can't they can't do the things that other people do well they struggle to do the little things. they struggle to do the things that like secondary and tertiary players you you bring up jimmer fredette and i raise you buddy healed um a guy like that who came into the NBA as I, I mean the comparison would be uh, uh Buddy Heald is a bigger Trey Young I mean they both went to Oklahoma and I mean that's sort of the where I'm drawing the comparison from but they both had the ball in their hand Buddy Heald was a guy that sort of started the uh whole phase of ESPN having a tracker of how many points he's going to score tonight you know like had his stat line up on the TV for you to see um but you're 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 absolutely right. Like guys that once they're not the primary primary ball handler, the primary scorer of a team, it just sort of fades away. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Um, yeah. So that was just what I was thinking of with Buddy Heal. Though, is like he still is like one of those top options. Though, like I was thinking, like if you're a role player, like you're the last guy, like is he going to be okay with just being able to sit there at corner threes occasionally? Is he going to be okay like running pick and pick and pops, pick and rolls? Is like the ball handler like looking the other guys involved like that's that's really what i'm talking about where his buddy healed he wasn't always the primary option and he looked like he might have not been the the real stud player like people thought he was but once he did was that like number two score he did really excel because he was able to get his shots and still played his style of basketball and obviously maybe maybe am just that good that uh he can do that so we'll have to just wait and see I'm excited uh, yeah. to see summer league. I can't wait to get uh, overly hyped about a guy playing against a bunch of other rookies and second year players. Right, you brought it up. He has been uh, re- reported to be expected to play for the Celtics in the summer league this year. I, I, what are what are your thoughts on the summer league? I, I do enjoy watching that because it's. I think it's good to get guys rhythm. Like it's just good spring training. Like guys get in rhythm, and that's what I really think with with Neesmith. Like I, I think if he had a summer league, if he had a preseason, he would have came in as the player he was second half of last year. Yeah. Whereas like he was a guy shooting, but like he just did not, he just did not look comfortable shooting the basketball for a majority of the season. And we saw how, how people were saying he was the best shooter in the draft coming in. And he had all these hypes, like he's just pure shooter. He's got a really sweet shot and he just was struggling to hit threes. I think a lot of that was, he just wasn't able to develop his confidence. Wasn't able to get in rhythm. Wasn't able to kind of find, um, maybe his hot spots on the court, he's, he just looked kind of off. And I think that summer league would have helped a lot against kind of weaker competition or just get the misses out early and then start to figure out. Cause we saw with him, like he got the misses out early in the 
regular season and eventually started to find it. Absolutely. Um, uh, put a, put a little stats to the name of Yamadar. Um, this year, 2020 to 2021 in the Israeli super league for Hapo Tel Aviv, he played 30 games, averaged 33 minutes, 17.1 points, 50% field goal, 40.9 from three, 5.2 assists, uh, six, three, 20 year old point guard, youngest player ever to win the Israeli premier league, most improved. And like I said earlier, teamed up with Denny Avia, Advia in 2019 to win gold at FIBA under 20 Europa championship. Yeah. So it's cool to see that when guys like that's what I really like with Luca is like, he was winning, he won like finals MVP. Like yeah, you're winning the, these big international tournaments. Like you're the best player in these tournaments. Whereas like, you're not really projecting like you've done it for a while. And that's why I'm, I am kind of high in you, like Yam or Yam, whatever you want to call him. So I'm hoping, I'm just hoping that he's, what was that? What was me? a weird sound. Yeah. Was that oh, you or me? I don't I didn't make any sound. Oh, I don't know. I don't know what the sound was. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping he's a good player. I'm hoping he's a solid player. I'm hoping he's a guy that can co- uh, provide something for this team. It looks a little jammed up right now. But, I mean, if he is that good or if Pritchard steps up, maybe we just run here Pritchard at point guard and leave Mark Smart shooting guard. Maybe we just kind of shift around our rotation a little bit. It, I'm, ex- I'm excited to at least see him in summer league, get my hopes up. Absolutely. The potential to add another guard to this roster without having to make any moves, without having to spend any more money, is a – incredible asset to have uh in the pocket you know um as a sort of uh a little side side action here uh yamadar is trending on twitter right now but not for his basketball because his first name is spelled y-a-m yam like yam yeah like a sweet potato he uh is trending online as a vegetable you'll love to see it absolutely i mean if Um. If if that's not Celtic, if that doesn't scream Celtics rookie to you right now, then that then then you're you're listening yeah, wrong. Yeah, green beans and yam, dude, about to team up. Absolutely. No, he's. I guess he just made it to the United States. Like he just got in. He has all this paperwork stuff, so he's gonna be joining the Celtics soon. So that's good news. I'm excited about excited about yam, mm-hmm. yam, yam, whatever, yam. It's our yam, boy. So from the our boy, I'm not baby sure. boy. Got some good yam talking. Absolutely. Uh, you, uh, Damon Stoudemire is the next topic we've got here. So um, I give me some thoughts. So I said that the other day, and then you looked at me like I had two heads when I was like, "No, you're like, yeah, there's some coaches that have been talking." And it's like you mentioned Hardy, you mentioned Stoudemire. I was like, "No, Stoudemire's already hired," and you just kind of looked at me, and I was like, "Yeah, I got hired." And I don't know where I heard that. But like someone told me, like you I saw somewhere that he'd already gotten hired, and I announced it so matter of factly. Yeah, it turns did. out I, didn't I, I completely believed you once I said it because I was like, oh, if I'm reading Twitter correctly, like I can't read that well. Like, but if I'm reading correctly, it hasn't been official or anything. Yeah. Well, I I was like, no, it's, I was like, it's official. They announced it. Yeah. And I guess they didn't because <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't official. Right. So that was that was uh, that was wonderful. But I mean, I just pretty much predicted who the next Celtics assistant coach is. So yeah, kudos please, to me. Uh, all all NBA writers, please credit mainly Celtics podcast for dropping this take. Um, if not, we'll see you in fucking court, pal. Yeah, even though it was obviously heavily rumored, but at the same time, give credit to us where credit is due. Exactly. Uh, Damon Sotomayor, very cool. I believe uh, there's plenty of stories of him 
Mighty Mouse, obviously his name. Plenty of stories of him and Rashid Wallace keeping it up. So you gotta love that. Anyone that's friends with Rashid Wallace, I'm a hundred percent behind. Oh yeah. Uh I it, it's crazy because I do like I do like the young. I like what they're going with here. They're going with the young guys, they're former players. Yeah. Like, David is old enough to, for me to remember the tail end of his career. Like that's yeah, I mean that's he, he, I'm like, he, he played until two thousand and eight. Yeah, so like I like that's what I'm saying. Like I remember the tail end of his career. Like I remember that name. I remember him as a player, like very huh. vaguely, but I do remember him. Um, I think he, I think he, he rode on the coattails of uh, Amari Stoudemire. Is there any relation there? I don't know. That's a good question. That is a good question. I have no idea. Stoudemire seems like a name that shouldn't, but I do see it way too, way more often than I, I think. But yeah. Um. So originally, uh, he is. Or was previously a the uh, Pacific University head coach from 2016 into up until this year. Um, as a player, he was drafted seventh overall in 1995 by the Toronto Raptors. That's pretty sweet. I mean, uh, top ten pick joining the uh, joining the joining the fold here. I played with the Raptors for four years and then joined the Trailblazers. Played with the Grizzlies. The jail. The Jailblazers. The jail. Those, those are those teams where they were like legit dudes getting arrested. Like that's what I'm saying. That's when he hooked was like buddies with, with sheed and them like, they were literally just like getting suspended and guys i've never, heard, I've never heard the jailblazers That's oh probably... we gotta go into a full jailblazer story there's some youtube videos on it too the jailblazers though they're like they legitimately like they had to like break them up even though i'm pretty sure they were like a fairly decent team because they were like so like toxic they, they had to trade everyone zebo i think was on that team like okay. early zebo they yep. had rasheed wallace uh, Damon Stoudemire is one. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like maybe Steven Jackson might have been on one of those teams. That seems right. I'm pretty that sure. That just seems like a person that would fit. But no, if you look up the Jailblazers, I'm sure you probably find find the team I'm talking about. But yeah, let me those, do that right now. Yeah, those teams were like very talented, but they literally were just like getting in trouble, like doing a bunch of stu- like doing a bunch of crazy shit all the time. But now, that's an interesting story. But I do bring some little toughness. Mighty Mouse is his nickname. Youngsters, Brandon Roy. This was Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge, Greg Oden. They started. That's not right. With the Jailblazers, I don't know. Oh no, the no. Jailblazer. That's we way bad. That was is fucking pre-jerking me. God damn. What are they doing? They pre-jerked me. They fucking honey-dicked me. What did they do? They were. T- I was reading the preview of this uh, Bleacher Report article. Was like the youngsters, Brandon Roy, Lamarcus Aldridge, and. No, that was like the that was like the first like Lamar- that was after they cleaned house. I think maybe, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, Brandon Roy was rookie of the year two thousand seven, so he was on the team on the team with Damon Sotomayor. Yeah, I guess. Uh, no, I thought you said he. Well, I guess he was important, but yeah, it was like the early two thousands where like the Jailblazers team. Maybe maybe Damon Sotomayor did miss it. I thought he might have been a part of that. So I knew him and him and Sheed overlapped at some point, I believe. Okay, but. Apparently, I don't have NBC Sports down here, so that's one. So that um, in in looking at this, this was in between Clyde Drexler and the Lamarcus Aldridge era. So yes, the- that was era. that era. Okay, okay, sweet. It was like early two thousands, maybe the late nineties. Got it. But yeah, right. like late nineties and early two thousands, but that was interesting time of basketball. Oh, it. It was fucking! It was in the ESPYS. That's why I saw Anthony Goddamn Mackey on my screen. Oh, okay. in In nineteen ninety six, they drafted Jermaine O'Neal, former Celtic. He Another. was, yeah, he was definitely part of that. 
Okay, cool. All right, I gotta I gotta look into more of the jailblades, but that's sweet. I didn't know that. Thank you for gracing yeah. my. We'll gracing we'll my have brain. a good we'll have a good talk about the jailblazer sometime. But absolutely. Uh, but but Damon Stoudemire is an awesome fit. I'm I'm excited to have the 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 youth movement in Boston is going to be so fun. I was talking to my mom today. Little tangent again. I'm on I'm on a crazy tangent. I was telling her, um, a good sun alert here. Wee you, wee you, good sun alert. I talk to my mom on the phone every day. Do you, Matt? No, oh, well, I like to see her in person a couple times a week. So yeah, fair enough. But I talk to my mom on the phone every day, and I told her today that if she's going to do anything next winter it would be watch the fucking Celtics. And the, and the one of the main reasons why was because of this youth movement in organization. They got Ime Adoka, who we've talked about at length last episode. Now we're adding young players, young black player, uh, former players that are joining the fold and just going to be an awesome fit. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 100% excited. I think it's going to be an enjoyable team. I think we're finally going to get a roster that's hopefully pretty healthy. Yeah, that would be sweet. Oh. Uh, something I forgot to mention. I'm, well, I'm going to mention now. Uh, do you see Jalen on, I believe it was Jimmy Kimmel? I did not. He's already shooting and he didn't have like any. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he didn't have any any like braces or anything. Uh-huh. He was shooting. He was like kind of doing like, it wasn't like a really too ex- express jump shot, but yeah. or, uh, over the top jump shot. But still, he was, he was shooting and he wasn't wearing anything protective. So that is that, a that's, a, that's, a, that's a good sign. So, yeah. Um, have you gotten to watch any of these playoffs? I have been watching these. Playoffs. Are these finals? Been, these finals? Yeah, the finals. Yeah, I have. I stand by my take that I can't stand the Milwaukee Bucks. It's yeah. I don't like anybody. Yeah, well, it, it looks like you're not gonna have to stand it much longer because if, if they keep playing like this, they're gonna share luck. But they are getting some some injury luck to their to their favor. Um, Giannis just came back, just looks like the healthiest man alive. Right after looking like he completely like destroyed his knee, um, but yeah, for the other I, side, like Sarich is out. Yep, Which I don't sucks. think Corey Craig is going to play. That's on tonight, right? Or tomorrow? Yeah, they they have their game. I think their game's tonight. If they're doing, ah, uh, maybe they do an extra day because of travel. I don't, uh, yeah, I I don't saying, know, but we we have the liberty of releasing this episode whenever we want, so we can just say whatever day. Yeah, yeah, they might may have not have heard of it. Um. <laughs> yeah uh so sarge hurts because they don't have any like their backup center now is um jay crowder and uh, not jay crowder they have jalen smith and frank kaminsky who like jalen smith he's like he's kind of a four or five combo but he's a rookie that kind of only played sporadically this year and then you have frank kaminsky who's you know he's frank kaminsky he's yeah. not really gonna set the world on fire but i don't know if you necessarily want him playing a bunch of minutes in the nba finals against Lopez uh, and Giannis. yeah yeah and they were and they were thinking maybe they could go small. Maybe they could use Tory Craig and Jay Crowder as like their as their bigs. But now Tory Craig's. But now they can't. So now they're really limited on what they can do. I mean, you could probably put Mikel Bridges at the four because he is so versatile defensively. Yeah. And they can't afford to go small. Maybe put some Jay Crowder minutes at center. I don't think ideally they want to do that. So they're they're pretty hamstrung. Like unless they expand their rotation, like they're just going to go with seven guys for the rest of these playoffs right. or the rest of these finals, and. It's going to be tough to like continue, especially if this if the Bucks are able to take a couple. Like if the series goes long, they're just playing seven guys throughout the series. I know they're getting a couple days of rest, but yeah, but it could really it could really uh, affect the Suns' chances. I'm hoping they take care of business. Or they'll get maybe two quick dubs, maybe in five or six worst case scenario. But I, I I love the Suns in four movement. Yeah, 
It's sick. So that that guy's that guy's getting a little corny now. Like he's doing autograph, like he's autographing balls and like pictures of himself, and he's really trying to cash in on his fifteen seconds fame. Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't? Would you? Uh, I wouldn't do it that way though. Like I, I he's doing trying to do like press like press things. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be like that if I got famous from like that. I don't know though. Maybe fame changes you. So. It, it, yeah it's a good thing that we've never been graced with fame matt because yeah. we don't need to change uh, it's a real shame i'm happy just the way i am i don't need <laughs> fame, fame or millions of dollars to to help me help me be happy absolutely uh i i've i've honestly really enjoyed the watching the finals i mean the the, the last two games have been really fun i mean uh game two was close as hell uh Giannis came back and looked like a monster in game two had a, had what he had the 42 20, and 12 yeah and he had 22 points in the third most points ever in a quarter of the nba finals passing mj i mean anytime you pass mj on any list is a pretty sweet accomplishment yeah. um that was uh, he was yeah i mean he's he's a one-man show right now because i believe same in that same game drew in uh Drew and Chris Middleton, they shot like combined 12 to 37 from the field. Mm-hmm. So they shot like under 33%. They're your number two and your number three scores. Like that's not going to win you very many ball games, especially the Suns team. Like the Suns team was, was just incredible offensively. I believe they had 20 of 43s. And it wasn't even, it wasn't because of lack of trying. Like the Bucks were trying different things. Like we do some boot and holes if we're not making adjustments, but like he was trying to throw different defenses out there. It just didn't matter. They were just hitting everything. But Cal Bridges, oh, he just looked fantastic. He did. What? I love him points? so much. Yeah. And he just, he does so much on both sides of the ball. He's just awesome. Yeah. It's sweet. I was going to get a bag. Yeah. Good for him. He deserves one. Good for him. I like the Bridges. I know they're not brothers, but I like both of them. I like Miles and Mikael there. I didn't think both were going to work in the NBA, though. I figured one had to be the the M Bridges. I just thought right. that just playing the odds. Exactly. I mean, if if I was a betting man, I wouldn't have put money on both of them being legit everyday NBA ball players. But now they're both like, yeah, we're both just defensive stoppers on one end, and we're quality offensive players on the other. And lightning in the bo- lightning in a bottle, both of them. Yeah, absolute spark plugs. Yeah, you, I I like both of them a lot. It's fun. It's fun watching Mikael. Jay Crowder had a good game last night. Yep. Just huge. DeAndre Aiden didn't have his best game, but it didn't really matter. He's still out He's, there. It's it's incredible to me the way that uh, DeAndre Aiden positions himself. If we want to get a little technical, he is – first of all, he always seems – whenever there's a replay, it always seems like he's trying to get boxed out by a smaller guy, and he it never happens. Like, you've got to throw a monster at him for him not to get a rebound. Yeah. Well, that's what they said too. Is like I think I was listening to the uh, the Zach, the low post with like Zach Lowe and like Brian Windhorst, um, and they were talking. It's like he doesn't most number one picks. Like they look to they work on like just trying to do their post moves. They work on just trying to expand shoot threes. They work on trying to catch and shoot off the dribble. Like even at centers, and it's like all he cares about. Like he wants to know is like okay, like how do I slip off the screen? How do I set a good screen? How do I? Like, when do I roll? Like, how do I? Like, he's constantly asking questions. He's constantly wanting to be coaching. Like, he wants to do little things right. Where he's it, defensively, he's, like, always asking questions. He wants to become that elite defender. Like, he, want, he, doesn't, he doesn't care about being that superstar player. I think he's kind of turned into – he's reaching that all-star level caliber player. But he doesn't care that much about being 
about being the star of the team. Like he understands mm-hmm. Devin Booker and Chris Paul's team right now, yeah. and he's just trying to be the best third option possible. Absolutely, and it's awesome to have a six foot ten young beast out there. Yeah, you're not giving enough credit. He's like seven foot, like two hundred and fifty pounds, and just monster. And he's playing a lot of defense on Giannis this series too, just yeah. like trying to stop Giannis. Obviously, didn't work too well, but I mean, you give credit trying. Like he's out there guarding a freak of nature. Yeah, definitely and is. He's, He's trying his best, and he's a guy that's going to continue to improve. He's just seems like he just keeps getting better. It, it's it's fun to watch because anytime you get to see a an NBA player blossom into an All Star is is a treat to really watch because you you don't you don't see many guys go from being fringe players to being starters like from being starters to being legit weapons and absolute monsters. And DeAndre Ayton's going to make a a monster jump this summer. Win or lose this finals, he's going to be a beast. It's it's just cool to see it because some it sometimes does happen. Like we saw it last year with Jamal Murray, and he didn't really carry it over. We see certain guys like I think Bam was the big one last year, and he's another guy didn't didn't really carry it over too much. But you see a lot of guys like they take that leap in the postseason, and that's just their level of play from here on out. I feel like we saw that with with Jalen and Jason a few years ago, like they just, or last year we saw with Jalen and Jason, they just kind of took over in the bubble. They're like, this is our team now. Like, sorry, Kemba, you're going to have to take a back seat. This is our team now. And then you saw them carry that over into the uh, regular season this year. And you see that with just occasionally, I think that's what you're seeing with uh, DeAndre Ayton. I think he's a guy who went from averaging like 14 and 10 to, in the regular season. Now he's averaging 16, 12, but right. that's a small jump. But if he just, if that just becomes his, his floor from now on, like he's only got, well, he's got, another year and then all of a sudden he's averaging 20 and 20 and 13 and on incredible efficiency like he has right now yeah, the best the, the, the efficiency percentage. is the thing that made a massive jump efficiency defense ball movement things like that those are the things that don't really show up when you say that a guy's a uh, oh he's a 16 and 10 guy but you don't see the fact that he's playing great defense he's positionally spaced well he is there to take charges to draw fouls things like that yeah, he knows where to. He knows where to be. He knows where to be on offense and defense. He just he knows where to be in the right spot because he's constantly asking, which is constantly getting coached. And he's constantly just trying to get get better at the little things. Definitely. So he's been super impressive to watch. Very impressive. Um, do you have any bold predictions for this series? Um, I would really like to ride with Suns in four, but I think it's going to be five. I think the Bucks... I think it's Suns in five too. Just yeah, know it's not fun, but it's it's tough. Now we're predicting a game two two already two games in. Yeah, we're predicting the series. So, well, that, that uh, that's how that's how we handicap, pal. Bow. Yeah. Uh, so we had to have that. You been watching any socks this week? Yeah, I've been watching the socks this week. They're sort of they're sort of slumping here. Uh, they yeah. lost two out of three to the uh, two out of three to the Angels. They just got fucking shit pumped tonight. They gave up eight runs in the seventh inning. They won last night though, right? They won they won last night last big. Night. They they won big yeah. last night. Yeah, but they um they got they gave up eight runs in the seventh to the Phillies tonight and got fucking ram Who's who's pitching in the seventh? Um it started with oh Whitlock Whitlock came in and got two outs. And then Josh Taylor came in. Okay, hold on. Actually, so Whitlock came in, got two outs. Josh Taylor came in, picked picked Dean Segura off first base, and then started the eighth. And then Josh Taylor 
blew it up after 26 games in a row, 26 appearances. Yeah, he'd been nailed. Up a run. Yeah, it was literally from that moment where he just like threw the ball into the, just like whipped the ball into the stands after he got pulled or something like, or after he lost the game, he like whipped the ball into the stands. Yeah, twenty six. It was like from that moment on, he was like nails. He cut he cut his ERA from like seven to two point eight over twenty six appearances, and then tonight he got a quick out, didn't throw a pitch, got the guy out at third. I mean, at first base to get the third out, and then started the inning, uh, leadoff single, walk. Double scored two runs and it was shit. Then a couple, uh, they gave up eight runs. I mean, did uh, did injuries injuries play uh, pitch at all? Or I didn't no. saw pitch last night. But. Our boy, shout out the Section Ten podcast, Big Piece Number Thirty Five. Uh, he's not Big Piece. Yeah, he's just Number Thirty Five now. He's lost his right to his own name. Right, and uh, they he stunk last night or two night. It was either last night or two nights. He's bad. He's just bad at baseball. He's, he's gone. They should and, cut him. I I want to see someone come up from the minors or something. Austin Bryce came up tonight, gave up, I think it was two runs. They yeah, I mean, I I, I don't how I don't know how to say it either way. They gave up eight fucking runs. Yeah. Like, uh, it was just a, wish- a blow up. I mean, Otto uh, was going to come in, and then they gave up three more runs. And yeah, they're like, yeah, no point. Yeah, that's yeah, tough when you're like you're like okay, this is a meaningful game, and then all of a sudden it gets out of and they're just like yeah. Because it it was a three to two game at one point and then eight runs happened. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Overall, they're still going well. Uh, We talked about Devers and Bogarts both making the all-star game as starters. Yeah, we talked about that last week, but it's uh, the first time since I believe my guess is 2011 with Derek Jeter and A-Rod. Yeah. Yeah. First time in the uh, AL. And they're very, I mean, they're very cool. Oh, yeah. I do, I do like them a lot. Obviously, we saw Bogarts. Like, Bogarts, he, I feel like he slowed down a little bit offensively last couple weeks, like not too, too much. He yeah, he hadn't, hit, hit a, he hadn't hit a home run in two weeks, but he hit one tonight. Yeah. But he's, I mean, he's a serious guy. He could be a dark horse MVP candidate. He's the fourth candidate right now. Yeah, so dark horse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now fourth isn't really dark horse, but still. <laughs> I mean, he's a guy, he's an incredible player. Obviously, he's very just kind of middle of the road defensively, but offensively, he's so plus for his position. Because, I mean, shortstop is a hard position to find guys that are uh, elite offense players uh, at that position. So, yeah, I mean, I you could probably name, I, I don't think you could name many guys outside of three or four. I mean, Tatis, as much as I hate to say it, Lindor, Lindor gets too much buzz, and Lindor is not as good as. Xander Bogarts, I'll say that any day yeah. of the week. Um, but, I mean, Tatis, Bo Bichette is getting there. Um, Carlos Correa, cheating asshole. Um, yeah, I, I think Bogarts I, – I mean, I've said this for pretty much since 2018 that he's been the best shortstop in baseball. I've, I've been, I'm right there with you. Uh, me, me and Rick, we talk extensively about the Red Sox, and I, I've been saying it since 2018 exactly that, that Xander Bogarts is the best shortstop in baseball. Yeah, I'll continue to stand by that. Like I, he deserves that seat on his chest. I love Xander. I hope he's here for his entire career. Yep. I don't care if he gets old and has to move over to second base or something like that, or or even third. You know, I mean, yeah, maybe move Devers over first or something. I'm sure some something will along the lines. But I hope he's there for a very long time. Yeah, I mean, we got Jeter Downs coming up. Uh, speaking speaking of uh, moving ball players around, the MLB draft I believe is tomorrow. And the Sox, I really don't want to jinx it because I haven't said this out loud yet. 
but it is looking like I actually heard buzz today that Kumar Rocker could be the number one pick or the number two pick going to Texas. And there I thought are, it was going. I yeah. thought it was like slot all the way going eighth. I saw that too, but I am hearing some interesting buzz. I heard that the Texas Rangers are interested in taking him. I believe Texas is picking second, and I've heard serious buzz that Kumar Rocker has a, again a serious chance of going number two. Um, in the mix, there is three or four shortstops that are high school guys right yeah high schoolers but pro ready guys and there's a catcher from louisville who has been slated to go to the Sox at four um he's got a fucking waspy ass name i can't remember what it is but i uh, just want i want jack jack lighter i I want lighter too and i the buzz that i'm hearing again i really don't want to jinx it because this is the first i've been saying it is that the Sox jack lighter has always wanted to play for the red Sox, and the Sox are jacking up his uh signing his uh signing bonus to where the first three teams will probably not want to pay that to take him ahead of the Sox. So fingers crossed and knock on wood and whatever you got to do, throw the salt over your shoulder to break a jinx. I'm doing it because I would love Jack Leiter at number four. Yeah. Uh, I've heard, yeah, I've heard that he like is like, dead set and i can't tell if that's like just the boston media but i heard he's like dead set on wanting to come to boston yeah so that'd be cool if he's like yeah i'll sign with you guys but you guys are gonna have to pay me like almost twice as much as i would if i were to go to boston that'd be yeah, ideal. you guys will you guys will have to give me 15 million dollars yeah or i'm gonna pay yeah just off. just big just big dick them. that'd be that'd be ideal you don't you don't you wish we had that opportunity matt yeah to make 15 million dollars that'd be well sweet. not even 15 million dollars just to play pro ball man yeah, just you know, making a, making a check playing ball that that'd be that's the dream it is the dream and uh i'm i'm nearing my twilight on playing ball i'm pitching tomorrow shout out the north shore storm of the north shore baseball league in uh beverly massachusetts and uh we're playing we're playing the pbd rex tomorrow and it's looking, oh, like, buddy. They're, it's looking like they're gonna get wrecked we hope so we hope so but best best of luck to you best of luck i might have just jinxed myself again because the last time i talked about myself playing ball i got the first loss of the season it was tough lost, tough tough out tough lost four to one but what what else do we have on the docket may you got anything else for me maddie no nah, dude i'm probably gonna pass out honestly what time is it, it jesus i'm getting old i'm getting old yeah, you are. Yeah. I'm getting old too. I'm about to crawl into bed, watch a little UFC. Would you like to plug our next guest one more time before he hops on? Yep. So right after this is after you're done hearing my voice, you'll hear my voice again, but with instead of Emery's voice, you'll hear So P from the Morse Code podcast. Go check it out. And it should be an awesome interview. I haven't heard it yet. Matt's keeping it uh, under lock and key. So I am itching to hear it on Sunday night. Uh, or Monday, probably Monday. Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, my boy Matt is in Connecticut for a Sluggers baseball tournament. So the uh, release, the release time of this is sort of up in the air. Keep an eye on the Instagram, yeah, Twitter. A little probably, bit. probably gonna have to, yeah, probably gonna have to drop it on Monday because I'm probably not gonna leave Connecticut till like 10 a.m. and it's like a seven-hour drive. So, right. Um, 
would just like to do a quick shout out to my boy Matt Money. He does a lot of behind the scenes stuff. He is lining up these guests. He got our boy Soapy on for the next for the uh, next segment here. Um, just love to give a shout out. Um, it's been a pleasure, and I yeah. look forward to continuing this podcast and having a good one with you. Yeah, I'll talk to you next week, bud. Absolutely. Talk to you then, pal. For the years, 2G, the rap game changed with one name. Jules ain't slain anything on this plane. Remains are found when the best kept secret get heated. You went platinum with a ghostwriter, so in the game you won, you cheated. What's up, guys? We got Soapy here from the Morse Code podcast. Um, excited to have you on, a guy Trill Withers um, of the Trill Withers fandom. So, how's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. Just um, trying to get through. I wouldn't say trying to get through summer, but it's it's been nice to have because uh, we're going to talk hoops. It's nice to have playoff basketball into the fucking second week of July. Yeah, it feels weird, but I'm also happy about it. It sucks. Like, normally, during this time, I try to be watching the Red Sox, but I got Hulu Live instead of just having cable like I normally do. And, of course, the one channel that's not on Hulu Live is Nesson. So oh, really? That's been, yeah, it's, it fucking sucks. So, um, that's unfortunate. But other than that, like, it's it's not bad. I've been I've been able to watch basketball, so it hasn't, hasn't been too bad. Staying up late is tough for me because I'm just like an old man and, dog wakes me at 4 30 every morning but um <laughs> no it's, it's been fun i mean it's cool it's cool to see like different teams too i mean people talk all the time about when the the warriors and the Cavs are dominating about how there's no parity in the league and now you get kind of two teams that almost out of nowhere like the suns weren't very good last year and the only big addition they really had was chris paul and now they're three wins away from a championship seriously i feel like it gets kind of slept on too that they're I think they're still under the same ownership, like uh, unless I missed something, but that ownership kind of was notorious for a while. Uh, Robert Sarver, I think is the name of the ownership. Yeah, I think that's uh, the owner. But James Jones is the GM. He couldn't have been there too long. So I thought I'm pretty sure he was the GM of the assistant GM of the Phillies when they got, when they made the Jimmy Butler trade. I think you're right. I don't know that for a fact, but that's, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. So he's only been there a few years and he's made some unpopular picks like in his tenure, like the Cam Johnson one. I mean, people were mentioning it today because I think, uh, I think Trill, Trill mentioned about how well he's playing and, and everyone pretty much was like, wow, that's a reach. Like he could have got him at, could have got him at 20, like he was 20 best, best overall player. But they really kind of drafted for a need and they drafted for a guy that was, I think it was just, he was as developed as he was going to get, but I mean, he's continued to improve. And you see these four-year guys that are just like good college players, like continue to get better, like Malcolm Brogdon too. So it, it's working for him. Yeah, it is. I'm uh, I'm pumped for him because they so far they've been pretty fun to watch. I'm not a Chris Paul fan, but whatever. I guess I guess I have to root for him since I like I like watching Devin Booker's game. Like I like guys with a good mid range and. Unfortunately, Chris Paul also falls into that. I've just never been a fan of him. But anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's fun to watch. And also that I think people forget that Phoenix is a pretty big, like, metropolitan area. I think I know it's in the top 10, like, population-wise, city-wise. 
and it's good to see like it seems like most sports they really just could give a shit about i mean i don't really know like the fan base down there but i feel like i've never really met like an actual suns fan or like even like a diamondbacks <laughs> fan or like even an arizona cardinals fan so it's one of those things i'm sure it's nice for them uh yeah, CP3, I feel the same way, though. It's like, I don't know why I don't like him. He just kind of irks me, just, like, looking at him. But I like DeAndre Ayton a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, boss Man 99, of course. You got to you gotta love Jay Crowder, former former Celtic uh, great. Yep. And Dev Booker, of course. He's awesome. But Did you see the – there was a picture that I saw tweeted out today, and it was like um, – you, as a Celtics fan, here are the four former Celtics that are in the finals. And it was Jay Crowder, Jeff Teague, <laughs> um, Abdel Nader, and I think, was it Etwan Moore? Is Etwan Moore on one of the teams? I can't remember. I think but... he might be on the I don't know. But that's hilarious. Like, three out of four of those guys like are not, are objectively not good. Like, Abdel Nader. Exactly. Is... Like, I didn't even remember on the team. I remember a few years ago, it's like, I don't even remember this guy playing. Like, I can't believe that he was all, even on the team. And then uh, you said Jeff Teague. Jeff Teague was awful. I thought it was a good signing at the time, too. And I didn't expect I didn't expect him just to be, like, the worst player, like, on the planet. Like, he just shot, like, 30% from the field, which is just not good. He, like, uh, he just did not fit at all. And then who was lost? And Antoine Moore, like, I, very forgettable if he is if he was the fourth guy but i, I do like jay crowder and i do think a guy like jay crowder would is kind of what this would help the celtics law right now yeah we can get into that like free agent wise like what are the free agents you're kind of looking at you you looked at any that you're really kind of eyeing a little bit um i'm gonna be honest i feel like i haven't looked too much just because i was like realistically with the the money situation that the celtics are in and whatever they have um I, I guess is like residual or whatever the cause and effect of the TPE. I feel like um, their biggest thing is probably going to be to re-sign Fournier, I think re-sign him. And I don't mind him. Um, I think, I think he'll be better after, you know, being fully acclimated. And I guess everyone's starting over from, from scratch kind of since we get a new coach, but I think he'll be better after some acclimation. And, um, like, I, I feel like he had, he definitely had some, some pretty good shooting games, which I think is what the Jays need the most is just for whoever they pass to, <laughs> they got to have some like knockdown shooters on the team. And I think he fills that role if he was just a little, uh, had more experience with them. And then I, I'm sure you've probably seen like Lonzo Ball's name thrown around a little bit. What do you think? Is that realistic? Like I was looking at um, spot track a little bit, but so I don't know. Like, how much money is Lonzo Ball asking for, though? Like, it seems like he should be asking for like close to like twenty mil. And if that's the case, like we can't use the rest of the TP on that. We'd have to use like Marcus and someone else. And then I don't know if we're getting better as like I'm not. I you can say that Lonzo Ball's better than Marcus Smart. Like that's fine. I'm not going to really argue with you there. But are we really getting significantly better with Lonzo Ball? Um, if we're giving up Marcus Smart, and then we have, and probably giving up someone else is good, because I'm sure that the the Pelicans will probably they'll probably want want a little bit more back for that. And we also have to sign and trade. He has to agree to come to the Celtics. That want that has to be a situation he wants to come to. And how yeah. much money is he getting? How much are you committing to him? So it's like that just seems a little unrealistic to me. I know the Pelicans have a bunch of guys though that they're like unsure if they're going to pay. I know Josh Hart's another one. 
it, that's been mentioned to the Celtics. But it's crazy to me because when I was looking at Lonzo's um, like contract remainder or whatever this year, uh, I can't believe number one he's only twenty two years old, and number two it's just his rookie uh, contract that he's getting off of now, which just blows my mind how fast time in the NBA moves. Cause like you would think that, I mean, he is a veteran, but you would think he's almost like a super seasoned veteran and really he's 22. He's, he's only been in the league for four years. So, but yeah, he's coming off of making, um, he made like 11 mil this year. So yeah, I think, I think you're probably right in terms of probably around 20 is what he would be asking well, for. That's what just, it seems like just from like a lot of the other guys that like run out of same quality, like 20 mil is not a ton. I mean, no. How much did like Luke didn't Luke Kennard make like sixteen million dollars this past year off his rookie extension? Yeah, I think he, I think he made something like, I want to say it was sixteen, uh, or four years, so like sixty four or something like that. Yeah, over four which years. was like he was getting DNPs in the uh, playoffs, <laughs> so it's like. It's like you expect if you're Lonzo Ball, you'd be looking at that and being like, okay, well, I'm better than that. Like, I deserve more than that, which is fair. Like, he should be asking for at least 20 mil, but I don't know if that, if they want, because if you give him 20 mil plus, like, you're committing to him being the number three going forward. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know if I want to do that. Like, I think I'd rather wait and maybe like Brad Beal in a couple of years, or maybe someone else uh, asks out that we can then try and trade for. But it's just like, I don't think Lonzo Ball is going to be your third piece on a championship team. I mean, it might be, but I just don't, I don't have that much faith in Lonzo Ball. No, I'm totally with you. I, I, I think the biggest point, how much better do you get with Lonzo Ball over Marcus Smart? If you're just to look at it in a vacuum like that. And I don't think it's anything significant, if better at all. And I feel like, like the free agent class with them, um, Celtics line up better for next year's free agent class with whatever becomes of the Horford contract that they just acquired and how they were able to like kind of free up some money that way. Cause I was looking in like, yeah, let me pull that up again. Um, I want to say that yeah, so, it's like Kawhi it's and fully, Chris Paul. Well, they're, they have player options for this year, I believe, but the Al Horford contract, cause I'm pretty sure it's not fully guaranteed next season. So it's like, we'd have less cap to work with or something like that. Like, I don't, which seemed weird to me because I thought like all NBA contracts were pretty much guaranteed other than like vet men deals, like 10 days or stuff like that. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's what I heard somewhere. And I was like, Oh, that's, it'd be easy to move. if It was only like partially guaranteed or we could waive them or something and then have some flexibility there. But a pretty good one here. I see he's at the top of the list for, so yeah, Chris Paul and Kawhi are both player options. The most expensive unrestricted free agent is Mike Conley who just, it's hilarious that he was once the biggest contract in NBA history, but um, I think I saw someone float his name as like a guy who's probably out of our price range, but would fit pretty well with this team. Yeah. I mean, like, obviously, I think Marcus Smart, like I believe him as a point guard. I think Marcus Smart's a very underrated passer. Yeah. But like, obviously, we got a point guard, a guy, especially like a decent defender, like you can just throw him in this lineup and it would make us a lot better. But yeah, I think he's he's probably out of our price range, especially he's coming off his first All Star season. Which I mean, you can argue whether that's deservingly so, but I still think like if you're if you're the All Star caliber, you're make, be making twenty five plus or right around there. Yeah. So NBA money is so crazy, but like, what do you think? Like, you don't necessarily have to name it uh, a player, but what do you think is the Celtics' 
biggest needs? I, so I'd have a, so biggest need, like biggest need, I think can actually help the team. And it's like realistic for us to get. Cause I mean, obviously it's, um, you're kind of handicapped. Cause you only, I think, I think the biggest free agent contract we can give is like 9.7 or something like that. And then trades, obviously we don't have a ton of assets unless you're trading Robert Williams. But I think like a guy that's like a, a combo forward, a guy that can play three and the four, or even like a small ball five, like, I really like Larry Nance for the fit on the team. I think it's unlikely now that we got Horford. But I really like a guy that's, like, a forward tight because I think Tatum's better, and I would like going with those big lineups of Smart, um, Smart Jalen Tatum, that whoever that four is, and then either Horford or Rob Williams. Like, I think that's an incredible defensive lineup, and that's got, like, a lot of size. And I would like to see that, but. I think just spacing in defense and obviously like never hurts to have playmaking. I mean, we have a lot to improve on, but I think really getting like a true four, I think would help a lot. Is he, uh, I'll be honest. I'm not like too familiar with his game, at least since LeBron left. I haven't watched, I haven't seen too many Cavs games. Is he more of a three point shooter now? Cause I feel like all fours just eventually developed that in today's NBA. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he played. I think he played. He plays quite a bit four and the five, which is nice. I mean, kind of without Horford now, you don't. We won't need that as much. But yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure he shot thirty eight percent from three this year. Which I mean, if that's like your power forward, like you'll take that every day of the week, especially because oh, yeah. that's not like all he. That's offensively, he's not going to be a huge factor. But he's like a good rebounder. He's a really good defender. Um, so if, and if he, he's also just getting the ball and being able to hit 38% of his threes, like, I think he would be important. I think that we definitely can't afford to have another guy. that's like a liability space in the court, especially if we aren't able to move on from Tristan Thompson, which I really hope we are. Oh, fucking Christ. Yeah. That was we, one of the, at the time I, I just, I didn't like <laughs> that was one. I was wrong on Jeff Teague, but like this one, I was like dead right on. I was like, I don't know if I really like that. Cause like. One, I, I had a lot of faith in Rob, and I was like, well, I want to see Rob grow. And it's like, I like Tice a lot, and it's like, I don't think we need a third center. If we did need a third center, I would like one that's like, I mean, fucking trill shit on us all year for like not having a center over six foot eight, but like, it's true. Like, I would like to have had a center that was like an actual big center. Like, I knew Nerlens was available. I would have liked to have him. Even Aaron Baines, like, he played like shit in um, Toronto, but even him, just like having a guy seven feet tall and can like, hit a catch and shoot three like that's an improvement on what we had like something that provides something a little different man yeah Tristan Thompson I feel like like I wonder how much um the players were consulted in well when I say players I mean Jalen and and um and uh Jason Tatum because apparently he's kind of popular in the locker room so I always wonder like damn you almost have to sign this shitty player because it it keeps like the the more important guys happy. I don't know. I just I just remember reading a couple times that he was very well liked, and also him just being a clutch guy. It's like uh, you, you kind of get handicapped. Wanna, yeah, you don't piss those guys off because then it's like fuck. Then we don't have. Then we can't get. A, I don't know who all the clutch guys are, but then we can't get next star player that's a free agent because he's pissed off at us because we fucked over Tristan Thompson. Yeah, that's why like, I was looking. I was looking fair. at deals. I was looking at deals for like Thompson. I'm like, well, if it's like, if we're really like, I had to take like, I think I can only find like two actual deals that made sense. So I had to be like a team, like not a terrible situation. And like also be a team that actually needed a center. 
I was trying to think. What was the other one I had? Did I have Toronto as one? I'm trying to think. I had a couple of them. Listed. One was LA, where it's like maybe LeBron just that fed up with fucking Carl Kuzma. And <laughs> maybe they want a center, and it's like maybe they trade Kuzma and they trade Kuzma back for like Thompson and a pick, or Thompson and Grant Williams, or even Thompson, maybe someone even a better prospect like Tremont or Carson Edwards, or even even if we really had to push it, like maybe they give up on Romeo. I really wouldn't like to see that, but Kuzma kind of fits that need a little bit of like that that four that can shoot the ball. He's not a great defender, but he's not awful, and I think he would be like fit okay with this team. I think he'd help us, especially if all really giving up is Thompson and like a pick, maybe a couple seconds. Yeah, I I wouldn't mind uh, Carlito Kuzma at all. I think you can never have too much like just like you said earlier, playmaking in terms of like making it creating his own shot. Anyways, who do you, <laughs> who do you think is worse offensively between um, Grant and Tristan? I think it's funnier to watch. Grant. It's, it's gotta be Grant too. Cause Grant like is still experimenting on what he can and can't do sometimes. <laughs> like sometimes he'll try and take a guy off the dribble and like hit him with a spin move. And the guy will just like, it's slow and he's like stocky and then the, who, the center that's guarding will still just stuff his shit. Yeah. And it's like, ah, and it's weird because I didn't, I don't watch like any college basketball. I feel like that's just like a big Northeast thing is like, no, like no one in the Northeast gives a shit about college basketball. Cause we're not, we're not rooting for university of New Hampshire, university of Maine in the tournament every year. So it's like, who cares? But, um, like, I guess in college, he was just like basically fucking like Hakeem in the post. And he was just like a post scoring, like superstar. And he, I'm pretty sure he was either one time or two time like SEC player of the year. Like he was like legit at, at Tennessee. And but then he went to the NBA and he's basically like, yeah, I'm a small ball five and I sit in the corner and try and shoot threes. But he's not even really a small ball five because if you really watch his games that he plays well in, it's when he's like actually just guarding centers. Like he's just a better at he's better at guarding centers than he is at guarding actual power forwards. Like he just lacks a lot of lateral mobility, it looks like at times. Yeah. So I, I had such high hopes for him coming to this year too, because I thought he was gonna be like the PJ Tucker. I thought he, like that kind of mold of a player, and he really just he really just been pretty disappointing. I still have faith in Romeo though. Romeo, I'm holding out hope for. This is a real make or break year for me. Yeah, I'm I, again I'm with you. I think if someone was to like hold a gun to my head and be like, All right, extrapolate, like what do you think is Grant Williams gonna be in like five years and i know he hasn't been here for five years but he didn't even seem to be on this trajectory that i would have had him on i would have said something like i don't know eight points and six rebounds a game something like like you said pj tucker like and just play good defense and not get in the way on offense and he just makes fucking shacked and a fool plays all the time which pisses me off anytime he catches it on the break i feel like he makes like a crazy decision or tries to Euro step through someone and it's like, all right, dude, just hand the ball over to the other team. Um, yeah. <laughs> Romeo. He's just like, I'm... he's just experimenting. It's like, he's experimenting with like, what's his bag. Like, he doesn't know like what he can and can't do yet. So he tries to like pull it out mid game. Yeah. And yeah, never like, I, I don't, I don't know what I can't do. Um, I can't like in practice, I was able to pull this off against fucking, I don't know, Carson Edwards. <laughs> my, assistant, my assistant coach was just absolutely, he was shook when I hit with the spin move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Brad didn't see this one coming when I, uh, when I played him the game to seven, but yeah, I think uh, Romeo and 
Neesmith I'm pretty interested in. I feel like Neesmith yeah. turned around the last probably six weeks of the season. He just seemed to play with way more confidence, um, shoot, shot the ball better. And I didn't know that he was going to be such a, like a bulldog on defense. Yeah. He just goes hard like all the time. And that's his big thing. Like, I think his athleticism was definitely underplayed. I think offensively he began to show like what people thought he was going to be. I'm pretty sure he still wound up shooting like 38% from three and he was shooting like 27% of the all-star break or something like that. So he, he really turned it around. And I think that the big thing with him was, is like, regardless of the season was shortened for most, most players on good teams because they ended right before the, like the conference tournaments and the NCAA tournament, but he was out, I think, I think he only played 20 games his sophomore year. He was only partway through the season. Then he got injured. Mm-hmm. He had no summer league. He had no, not a real preseason. So I think he was kind of rushed back and he really didn't get a chance to like get back in the, NBA, the feel of things. And then you're just going from right from playing a college game in like December all the way to playing in NBA, NBA games and comp- on a competitive team trying to fight for minutes. And it was just a really, he was in and out of the rotation. I think he's going to come back this year. I think he's going to be able to provide a lot. Like he's just going to be a, a two way, a two way sharpshooter, which is something I think the Celtics, they needed this year. I think he would have helped a lot if he was playing as well as he did early on in the season. As well as yeah. he did at the end early on, but definitely, I'm excited, and uh, we all know how easy it is to bre- to break Brad Stevens' rotation for rookie minutes. So it's like, like that's such a a tough thing for guys to for younger guys to really earn his trust consistently. So yeah, I'm and excited to watch him and Pritchard actually too. Yeah, Pritchard, Pritchard, I feel like it's a lot of like, okay, you're going to get what you're going to get. I think his big thing is just adding his playmaking, like improving his playmaking a little bit. That's the only real thing I feel like he can take a pretty sizable leap in. Like, I'm not going to cap him because obviously like, he's going to be it. Like, guy, guys develop at different rates, but it just seems like that's the easiest path for him to improve on. And, uh, well, part of the reason with, with like Grant I was high on is Grant was like playing playoff minutes, like over Rob Williams. In last year's playoffs, like as a rookie, and it's it's just like okay, well, this guy's like obviously he's a guy that's gonna it's gonna be able to take that leap. Like Brad sees a lot in him, and then he just kind of looked like he almost regressed from the bubble last year. Like Bubble Grant was shooting like fifty percent from three and playing like really high level defense, and then this season he just he was fouling the shit out of everyone and couldn't fucking hit a three to save his life. <laughs> his fouling is what annoyed me the most. Yeah, I I looked at his numbers too because I was like he I feel like he fouls at a really like a lot. And I looked, I'm pretty sure he was like the bottom, like five percentile and like fat, like foul percentage. In terms of he was fouling the most. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I think maybe it was just the first half of the year. Cause I think he did improve the second half of the year, which made him a lot like more playable on the court. Tremont and Carson and other people, I think Tremont's contracts, I feel like it's non-guaranteed now. Cause he's got two years on a two way. I have no idea how that works, but Carson's another one that just hasn't really shown anything. Everyone thought he was going to be like IT like, where he's like, okay, he's a he's like an early second round pick, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was early second. And it's like, okay, well, this guy's like he's small. He's shown that he can be like a uh, spark plug scorer in college. I bet he can do the same in the NBA and maybe just at least be like that bench score role. But he just has not shown any of that. Like he's just been so inconsistent shooting the ball, and obviously being so little, he's just not a very good defender. Yeah, it sucks because, like, you know, he plays hard. Um, you you wish for the best for the guy. And, yeah, you, I feel like we all just get kind of 
immediately you see someone go off in like the tournament. Cause I actually saw him play in person down in, I think the tournament was in Connecticut for one round um, of the, the year that he, that Purdue was in the tournament. And uh, I was like, damn, this dude is legit. When he went on that big run of scoring 30, 40 points in a couple games. And like you immediately, your mind just goes to, Oh, he's the next Steph Curry or, <laughs> or he could at least, you know, you don't think that, but you think, yeah, spark plug, uh, instant offense off the bench. And then, yeah, he just, he can't hit shots at all in the NBA. Yeah. Which is like the whole reason I fucking got him in the first place. But speaking of the next Steph Curry, have you seen any, uh, of the yam? I think it's yam Adar highlights a little bit. He's, Not- he was like the Celtics, I think second round pick last year. Mm-hmm. He looks like he's playing in an Israeli league. So it's like, I don't think the competition's too stiff, but he is looking like disgusting in those highlights. He is. And what did they do? They they brought him over for he's going to be in the summer league. I I think this is like he's going to be playing for the team. Like I think they're going to buy him out. I think he's got like like seven hundred thousand left on his contract over there. Like one year left. But I think they're going to buy him out, and he basically just drafts and sash this year. And I think that he's going to be another guy that's going to be competing for like that that third string point guard minutes with with uh like Tremont and Carson. Yeah, I mean it it wouldn't hurt to to have him as like a because what he's six three i think like he's, he's like pretty, six three six four yeah he's like a pretty a decent sized guard yeah which i feel like we typically aside from marcus like we really don't have um we haven't had many of those guys recently we've had a lot of undersized guards i know he's coming from whatever we don't know what the hell he's going to turn out to be but yeah um, <laughs> he could be he could be Giannis. he could be uh what's his name who is dragon bender yeah, you know, okay. There's like, there's you never know with those overseas leagues, but um, what, what can I say about them? Oh yeah, I think the Celtics last year before they traded for Fournier, I think the Celtics they had the tallest player in the league with Taco, of course, but I think they had the shortest. They're the shortest team in the entire NBA in terms of like average height. Yeah, like average height. Like even with the tallest <laughs> player in the league, like that's how like undersized we were, and you could like that's why our defense sucks so bad is because you're throwing a lineups of like. Carson Edwards and Jeff Teague it's like those two together like six feet six feet apiece like that's not very big and you're sending that out there trying to guard NBA teams that's been that's been one of the bigger issues that I think has kind of slept on with this team is that been undersized for a few years now at that position between Isaiah obviously Kyrie you can't be like oh no Kyrie's too small because he's such he's so good on offense he's he's like six three six four like he's not a small point guard yeah, he's he he's closer. Um, who the hell? Oh, Brad Wanamaker. Um, I think he was like probably like six two, but still, I don't think his skills were like he just wasn't quick enough or big enough overall. Um, yeah, Waters, Edwards. I'm trying to think. Uh, Avery Bradley. That was a few years ago. I mean, he yeah, was he was like. Guard. Well, Avery Bradley was like he was. Decent size for a point guard, but he mostly played the two. So it was like, it's fine when you put him and Marcus together, but he, I think he was only like 6'2 as a shooting guard, which is, yeah. but obviously it doesn't matter when you're a defense first guy. Like your size matters less for the most part because you can't just be exposed as much. Mm-hmm. But I've seen, I've speaking of Avery Bradley, I've seen a lot of Romeo comps lately with him. I'm hoping he's a little bit different of a player than Romeo, uh, Avery Bradley. It wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if he did turn to be Avery Bradley, but I, I do, I would like to see a little bit higher of a ceiling for him. Yeah, because what was his reputation like offensively in college? 
Um, actually, I was listening back to the 2019 like mixtape, and he was like people legitimately thought like he was a much better offensive player than a defensive player. Like they thought he was gonna be like a legit three level scorer in the NBA. Okay, that's what I thought. I don't remember him having like a crazy defensive reputation, which just through how he's played and and how hard he plays now, um, I feel like that's that's his mo at this point. Oh, did you see? Did you see? Uh, did you see the the defense of Rachel on? I think it was the jump. Uh, well, <laughs> it was her apology and then her defense. I did. I it s- was it was short. It was brief. Yeah, they, they did a side by side. I don't know if you saw the video. They did a side by side of what Yas's free throws, and the free throw actually lasted longer than her actual apology. And and then like both like Kendrick and uh, who was the other guy? It was Jalen Rose. He was the other one, right? Richard Jefferson. Richard Jefferson. Yeah, and their I think their both of their apologies lasted longer than hers did Taylor. But like them defending her, and it's like I don't know if that's like them being genuine. I mean, Kent. I don't uh, Kendrick is just he's I, I don't know what to think about him like all the time he's just so <laughs> he's just he's just Kendrick like but I don't know if that's ESPN being like hey he's like you're black basketball players why don't you go defend Rachel Nichols for us because because everyone's getting here in a bad light or if it's actually like they're being genuine with it it's tough to tell with those things because obviously these guys want to collect a paycheck too and yeah. it doesn't seem like she <laughs> didn't seem like she had much remorse for it so <laughs> It sucks because, like, if you imagine, I always compare it to just like imagine if they weren't sports reporters and they were just your like you and I as coworkers or something, and like Rachel Nichols was our coworker, and then for some stupid reason, like we then have to comment on it and like apologize on her behalf or kind of speak up for her, and it's like, well, that's not really fair. Like, just because I fucking work with her, I gotta like you need a statement from me. But to your point. It makes sense. It's almost like, well, no, I have black friends. I have this one black friend. Yeah, it's like, oh, no, no, I'm not racist. Yeah, I have a black friend. I'm not racist. Like, that's the same thing it felt like there. I mean, it could be completely genuine. She could have a really good relationship with Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins. But it's just hard to tell with sometimes those things. And I feel like a lot of times you see that getting thrown out there where it's like, oh, yeah, look, look, uh, we love, she loves diversity. So that's just, that was a. that was just an interesting debacle. And obviously she got removed from the fi- the co- Like I think she was the host of the final show. She yeah. got removed from that. She's not on site at all. So I'm sure this will just, she'll, she'll get the ESPN, just make sure this blows over in a couple weeks and she'll be back to, back to, back to normal. No one's going to talk about it. I was, I was listening to, um, do you listen to not here to argue? Of course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was <laughs> listening to the, the newest episode and like the first 20 minutes, Tyler and Jam were talking about it. And um, he was just saying like one way or the other. Yeah. Either, either it'll blow over and you know, it won't be a thing and she'll stick with ESPN or just like everyone else has said, um, like, it's not like she'll ever be out of a job. She'll be able to fucking easily just pick up and at the very worst case scenario, if like something happened to her, it's not like she would be, at all worried about her job security she could find a job the next day at like fs1 or some shit yeah espn they're down bad though like they they've lost a lot of talented people like they're drawing it's because like they just i think they try to be like they seem like they try to be like barstool like at least with like their instagram and stuff and their twitter like trying to be like funny and clever but it's all like pg stuff and it's like no one really cares about that it's like they'll do these like 
uh, I don't know. They'll do these videos. Or they'll do the, yeah, ESPN, like the whole, the whole, it was the Jake Paul fight or Logan Paul fight. One of those two where they had more, more posts about that than they did like Simone Biles winning like her a millionth consecutive gold medal at like the Worlds or whatever. And it's like, that's the stuff I'm talking about where it's like, okay, you like, you're ESPN. Like, I don't come for you for comedy. Like, I or like this, like, bull, like the bullshit sports. Like, I actually like want ESPN to like show like sports that people care about, like even the minor sports that we can get into, like, especially with the Olympics coming up. Like, gymnastics is summer, right? It must be. Seems like a summer sport. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, with some with Olympics coming up, like, that's when I'll care about these sports. Like, it's this is the time. Like, and that was only, I think, a few, few weeks ago, maybe in, a month or so ago, but. Like that's the time I actually want to care about these sports. Like now you should be pumping me full of uh like track coverage and like gymnastics and all that stuff because in tennis, because that that's when I'm actually gonna care. Like I'm not gonna care most times of the year, but like if it's right before Olympic season and it's middle of July, I have nothing going on. I'm, I might want to watch this stuff, especially if it's see it's, see it's getting promoted. But like I could care less. Like I do not want to see Logan Paul on any of my screens. So either <laughs> either Paul brothers. So I'm just like I will not support that at all. So it's just like that, that kind of pissed me off as well. And I was, I was glad that I think it was Simone Biles when that tweeted it. It was, it was like, yeah, this is like bullshit, which is good for her. Agreed. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I feel like they're always a step late or just going in the wrong direction. Like they lost, they let Trey Wingo go at the end of 2020. They just let uh, Kenny Maine go. And those guys like, yeah, they're older, but I think, a lot of people still like, like those guys just because they're, I don't know. They've, they've got some, they're not like the stiffs that I feel like they typically employ. Like a lot of the people there, it just seems like a bunch of tryhards or personalities that just don't fit with like consuming sports in 2021. Well, it just seems a lot of athletes too. Like, honestly, like a lot of athletes like aren't very entertaining with their, I feel like a lot of them, the biggest issue is a lot of them like don't give a shit about like actual like watching the sport and like dissecting it in a way that like these reporters that like, that's what they've spent their whole life doing. And yeah, some of them take it overboard where you have, who's the guy with the, uh, the baseball ballot where the, like, he made like a whole like five minute, like documentary on like how important it was that he sits down and, and oh. does his ballot. <laughs> but like, that's that? what I'm talking about. like some some guys take themselves too seriously yeah but at the same time it's like i mean you see Shaq. like i know he's not espn but you see him as an example where it's like he doesn't you can tell he doesn't watch basketball he had no idea who like was it it was uh christian wood <laughs> and it's okay like maybe like last year like saying you didn't know who christian wood was was fine when he was like that was kind of his his mini breakout year obviously it was his big breakout year but it's like he's a he's a guy you should probably probably should be aware of if you watch any kind of basketball yeah, and it's like he does that quite regularly. Where they'll just say things, they will free mess up guys' names, and it's like I feel like a lot of these athletes do that because they know they're like, oh, well, I play the sport, like I don't need to actually watch it, like I know what I'm talking about, and they're just yeah, like actually gonna... wrong. It's like I don't, I don't really care to hear that shit sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I'm just gonna collect the paycheck strictly off my name because ESPN is gonna keep signing it. So yeah. whatever. I mean, or actually... the hot take stuff, and that's just annoying too. Where it's like, oh, I Brady he. Uh, like Kellerman saying like Brady's gonna fall off the cliff every year for the past like 10 years it's just like it's like who it's it's stupid they just a lot of stuff is done for clicks and I feel like that's a poor way to go about things yeah it's so cheap and like eventually that will run its course where people are I mean I'm, I feel like it's already kind of run its course but I thought it was funny when Jalen Rose did you see the clip where 
it was game six of the Western Conference Finals, and he was basically standing up for um, uh, Maria Taylor because I think she had hosted the like that show, that pregame show with him. And they they cut to Reggie Jackson and talk, talked about how, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it, like how much money he's he's made himself in this playoff run because he's played re- really well and he's I think he's about to be a free agent. And uh, Jalen Rose was like, and and I, I think someone's got to give Maria Taylor like a, a pretty big raise in her contract too, or something like that. And I was like, damn, like he was real. He really put that out there. And I, yeah, I've seen bold. watching it in real time. You didn't think anything of it, but at the same time, you're almost like, I wonder what the backstory is there. And then, you know, that like, what do you think that conversation went like after, like when they went to commercial break? I'm sure the, 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 the big, the executives at, at uh, ESPN were not happy about that. <laughs> um, I mean, that's just, that, that's really bold. And she's deserving of so, because I'm sure, like, wherever she goes, like, she's going to get a, a whole bag thrown at her. Like, she's, like, I think people are going to be begging to have her have her on whatever whatever network she's going to be on if oh, she doesn't yeah. get renewed by ESPN. Because I do think she is very talented. She, she does seem like someone that, that works hard at what she does and try, tries her best to, uh, tries their best to be accurate and tries their best to be like knowledgeable of the situation. That's why I feel like a lot of times they get these people that are, they they're knowledgeable, about one or two sports and then they try and stretch them too thin. That's another problem. I feel like with ESPN, a lot of the networks is you have Stephen A. Smith. Someone I was arguing. He doesn't even know he's arguing. Cause he's, he's arguing the the 10th different topic of the last hour. Yeah. Like he's not, he's, there's no way he's watching the last night's boxing matches, baseball games, football games, basketball games. Um, UFC event like he's just no there's just no way he could have watched all that so it's like how can he form a take on any of that stuff I think that I saw that he's going to be part of the UFC 64 coverage or I, yeah. I might have that number wrong but I saw that he's about to be part of that and someone prominent on ESPN um I think it was he and Max Kellerman which I guess both their backgrounds are actually boxing like that was both their sports that so they they're uh, I mean, obviously, oh, really? a big a big jump from yeah. I think Stephen A. Smith, like his his big thing, I think was boxing originally. Like that's where he got. I might oh, be shit. wrong on it, but for some reason, I heard that. But obviously, still UFC and boxing—they're two completely different sports. Yeah, and that that is interesting that they're going to be the guys on the coverage for that. But I'm sure that I guess what I'm saying they're stretching them out. They'll they'll have them do it. They're having them do everything. So. I know they're at least somewhat familiar with fighting though. Like I'm, I'm 90% sure that they're both backgrounds are with boxing. So they at least have some familiarity with some striking terms and stuff like that. But. <laughs> yeah. They've seen punching and uh, landing punches. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully the fight just completely stays on their feet and then they'll be all set. <laughs> but. The thing, I mean, the last thing I'll say about the, uh, the Rachel Nichols versus uh, Maria Taylor Unfortunately, no matter which one of them was hosting that show, I've never taken that show seriously. Like, like I always liked watching Inside the NBA. It's probably my favorite sports show. Oh, it's easy, my favorite sports show of all time. Because even though they, to your point, it's definitely gotten worse because <laughs> Shaq and sometimes Chuck like clearly don't watch the games. But at the very least, they're entertaining. And I feel like ESPN has been trying to f- to fit that mold for so long whether they've had Pierce, Perkins, Jalen Rose, Chauncey Billups, I'm trying to think like John Barry. And 
it's really weird because that show, they don't really do a post-game show. They'll like kick it back to the studio for five to 10 minutes after the game. They'll talk about the show for half an hour before the game, but it's just like filled with commercials and ads and nothing all that interesting. So I don't know. I never really, I'm just curious on, on your take as a fellow basketball fan. Did you enjoy the ESPN pre halftime post game show? The jump I, even? I, I don't really like, I like the TNT stuff like with Charles and Shaq a lot better, honestly, because they are entertaining. I think part of it too is like think about the names you listed. Like I was just thinking about that when you said it. It's like okay, Charles Barkley and Shaq, like probably two of the top twenty NBA players of all time, like top twenty five, depending on where you have Chuck. But and then you you look at your list and you have Chauncey Billups and Paul Pierce and some of the other Kendrick Perkins. Like none of those guys are probably cracking the top fifty. Jay Will is is yeah, a Jay huge Will, voice yeah, on the ESPN. And it's like a lot of those guys are good. I do think Jalen Rose is probably one of the better ones of that group. But it's yeah. like you're trying to hold a lot of entertaining. It's like you have these guys that are like super big names, and they are fully entertaining. I feel like they try and total like um, – why am I blanking? Not Kenny Smith. Why am I blanking on his name? White guy with gla- – uh, Oh, Ernie. Guy. Ernie, yeah, Ernie Johnson. Um, like they they just go all out for the humor like they do some basketball stuff ernie tries to keep it somewhat real then but for the most part like they're like yeah we're we're like a comedy basketball like show like that's what it is about and it feels like espn they just towed that line and it's like you can't i feel like you either gotta commit to like i'm gonna this is gonna be the facts or this is gonna be the or this is gonna be like a comedy show you can't do like it just doesn't work when you do both no and i think espn is so committed to keeping things like I know it's a little easier with TNT just being them being a post game show. It's, it's late at night. I'm sure like FCC wise, you can also get away with more. Um, Cause they obviously just make way more off the cuff and, and like um, whatever stupid jokes than ESPN can. But that's another big thing is that ESPN has to keep it completely like PC or, or, or PG, whatever you want to call it. And it's like, well, then don't even fucking bother. Just like, yeah. like you said, commit. Yeah, One I don't want to see, other, but you can't be halfway. Yeah, you can't do the PG comedy stuff. And I was just <laughs> talking about like their Instagram stuff, where it's like if you're gonna be explicit with all that stuff, you can be funnier. There's like only a certain level. Like maybe some like thir- like ten year olds are gonna think that's funny, but it's like most adults aren't gonna find that as humor. It's just gonna be like, okay, this is kind of like stupid. Like this is stupid and corny. <laughs> yeah. What it is. So it's like I'd rather just stick to the facts. Like stick to what you're good at. ESPN. Like don't try and change the game up too much. You gotta like evolve, but at the same time, you can't just change. The- you can't try and fit these other companies that are maybe more entertaining than you when it's like okay like we come to espn we come to espn for sports center we come to them we come to them for the facts and the highlights that's what you guys should continue working on like stick to your you know you got a good fastball don't don't try and mix in the change up like (laughs) so true what what do you think of um mark jackson and and jeff van gunny um i don't sometimes it just seems like a little little like well like they're both a little oh, fuck what's the word I'm trying to think it's not is it tentious a little content a little contentious yeah. I don't know, i'm struggling with words today dude um it seems a little contentious up there like I don't, it just seems like sometimes they don't like each other <laughs> which is like odd like and i don't like like jeff van gundy i mean that obviously time and time again he's just the guy that won't criticize a coach's decision and it's like, that's fine, I guess, but it's just like, it is kind of annoying sometimes when it's like, okay, like I want, 
especially because like sometimes they'll lead them into it. It's like, oh no, I don't, I don't think that's uh, so and so's fault. That was probably this player just not like or so or whatever it is. Like he he tries to deflect the blame from the coaches a lot, which it gets a little old. But I think they're fine. Um, honestly, like majority of the basketball I do take in is like Scal and Gorman, and I feel like that sometimes is the same way too. Scal tries to be like a funny guy, and Gorman's just like. Cut the bullshit. You're not. <laughs> so I, I mean, I obviously have way more experience with that just watching the local Celtics games. But um, it is awkward when like the relationship doesn't seem like great. Like you can tell the difference between a great like Tom, like Tommy and Tommy and Mike. Like that was one where they had great chemistry together. It's like when they don't have great chemistry together, it just feels like so awkward sometimes. Just like I, oh man, I. I hate shitting on him because he seems like a nice guy otherwise, but yeah, I don't really enjoy Scal on the, um, on the broadcast. I don't know who the hell they would. I, I know he just re-upped. So yeah. like, he's, he's not terrible. Like there's definitely worse. It's just, it is a little, like he does try and be too funny. I don't like how he always will. He makes it sound like a lot of times, like he was this all-star player in the way he talks about like Tatum and Jalen Brown. He's like, yeah, when I was struggling, it's like, you were struggling like, all the time, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't make any of those shots brian yeah. um yeah no it, it could definitely be worse i just think sometimes uh, like one of the things that gorman always says is like you almost have to like let the let the play or the action breathe on its own and like well, i think his famous quote is something like uh never miss a chance to not say anything and scowls the complete opposite where he'll he'll explain every play and he does it very well just because being an ex player. But sometimes I just feels, I feel like he just needs to like, just let it go and, and let either Mike talk or whatever. Um, it's like, well, yeah, let it breathe a little bit. Let, let the action talk. And I agree with that. And, and like, like I said, like, it's hard to really think of, like, I can't think of guys that are like new to booths that haven't really had experience with this and then just hopping in, like how they adjust to it. Like I yeah. imagine there's some, there's a growth period too. And I think we're probably, hopefully we'll see that from, from scout too. Like, I don't think he's unbearable to listen to. I just think he's not like great. Like, obviously it's, you're stepping down from a legend. I know he's filled in quite a bit in the past. Um, anyways, he's not completely new to this, but I just feel like as he gets more comfortable, as he's in this like permanent role, I feel like he will continue to, he'll continue to get better. At least I hope he'll get better. Same. I think we were just so spoiled by between, having Mike and Tommy for the Celtics and having um, Orsillo and Remy for the Red Sox. Like we had two oh of the God, better Ors. duos in like across the league. I'd be pretty confident to say that for the the run that those two um, tandems like overlapped with each other. Yeah. It makes me like sad every time I hear like, uh, and it's awesome now that uh, San Diego's good. Like you have to be good if you have Don Orsillo as your, as your announcer, like uh, your play by play guy, because He's just so good, dude. You, I hear him on these like Tatis Homer highlights. I was like, oh my god, I miss that so much, dude. That's so beautiful. Yeah, I was thinking that the other day. I was like, all is right in the world because Fernando Tatis's games are called by Don Orsillo. Yeah, yeah like you couldn't think of two more electric player to play by play announcer like combos. Yeah, and he's enjoying. I'm sure he's enjoying life in San Diego. I'm sure the winters are a lot better than here in Boston. So. Or up in Boston, but <laughs> I'm happy for him. I like, I can't believe Nesson slash. I mean, really, it was the Red Sox because the Red Sox own Nesson, like, let him go. I still don't fully understand that. 
yeah, I didn't really understand what happened. And like, I, like I, when it happened, like I was pretty young, I'm trying to think like how long ago it was, but um, like I was fairly young and I was like, I, I mean, even at the time I was like, this guy's really good at what he does. Like it, it isn't hard to tell. And I thought a lot of that might've been biased and me just being young, like thinking back, like you think of everything so much more fondly when you're young. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, this player, like Dave Ortiz is the best player in the world. And it's like, you think of like all these guys as being the best at what they do because they play, they do it for your team. But even then, as I get older and I would hear him call like other games, I'd be like, no, he just, he just, he's just that dude. Like he's just that good at calling games. I think even, uh, even Trill mentioned him. I think pod, one of the, one of the pods, uh, one of the fun reports ago, he was just talking about Don Arcillo. And it's like, yeah, like Don Arcillo is fucking, he's good at what he does. Like he's, he's legit. So it sucks that he's in San Diego, but at least he's on a competitive team now. Yeah. The, the fondest memories I like, uh, no one could talk through just like the slowness. If, if there was like a, uh, just like a blowout game or something like that, those guys could just ramble about anything and make you laugh. And it was the perfect combination because half the time they'd just be fucking laughing in the booth yeah. at nothing. And they had great chemistry too. And they just make, they make something out of nothing. And it's just like, that's just incredible. And you don't hear that now. And it's just, it's sad. It's, it's sad to hear, but memories of yesteryear. Yeah, I mean those those old Red Sox teams. They're just you're, you're gonna. I'm gonna remember it fondly. I always have fond memories of Don Arcello. But um, I was gonna ask you. I saw the news about Damon Sotomayor got added to the staff today, right for the Celtics. I I guess it was official today. I didn't realize it was an official day because I knew that. I feel like even last week I I I, I knew about that. Or maybe it was just heavily linked. And I just assumed it was, but yeah, Damon Sotomayor, he's going to be the assistant coach, which is, which is cool. I think that it's good to have young. I mean, that's that's the whole thing with Adoka. Like the whole reason why he was a perfect fit was because he was he was young and he was a former player that can relate to our guys like Jason and Jalen especially. And that was the big disconnect with Brad. It seemed like it was they did not respect him, but they would have liked to hear it coming from a former player. Like they had, they had to understand, they would like the understandings better of a former player. And just adding Damon Stoudemire, another guy. I mean, I, I remember him playing, so I don't think he can be too, too old. So another young, relatively young guy. So that's good to see. I think that's a good addition. I think keeping, keeping the, the, the Jays happy. I think continue making moves like this. And I obviously Doka is comfortable with him on his staff. And it looks like a lot of the guys of of yesteryear are going to be going to be out, and a lot of the assistant coaches have been there for a long time. Mm. Yeah, it's good to see. I'm just like I'm liking. I don't know. Obviously, we don't know how it's going to translate on the court, but as far as like the the optics, I'm like I like what I see. We're going younger. We're going with guys who are ex players, guys who can relate to not only the game but also like the the. I don't know, maybe like the daily off-court stuff or like the criticism being former players that you would get from the media, stuff like that, I really like. And I saw the picture of, because um, obviously Tatum being on the on Team USA, I saw the picture of him and Ime Udoka um, on the court yesterday. And I tweeted it out with a bottle of lotion and a clean, and uh, <laughs> the other emoji, bottle of lotion and a hand. Well, I, guess, I was yeah, like, tissue. Yeah, I was like, I like how this looks. I don't know how it on paper this looks great. I don't I don't know how it's gonna look yet on the court, but so far I've liked Brad Stevens' moves and I don't know, credit to him for being like, I know we gotta go in a different direction. 
as a GM. Yeah, you so, can just tell this was a championship uh, roster last year, no matter who the coach was. But um, the thing, another thing about Adoka that I really like, it's just it's weird with assistant co- with like guys that were like longtime assistant coaches to being head coaches. Is like you don't really know. Like I don't know his play style. Like is he going to be a guy that's going to be really fast paced? Is he gonna be a guy that's going to stress shooting a lot of threes? Is he going to be a defense first guy? I imagine he's probably going to stress a lot of defense first because he does come from that Spurs system and he does. I, I mean that's where he spent majority of his time. But but you never really know. So it will be interesting seeing a new look Celtics team for the first time in a while. Yeah, what I saw from him in terms of his style was something like. So he went from the Spurs for a long time to, I want to say Philly for one year and then the Nets for one year. Yeah. And I think that they basically were like, yeah, he was almost like the defensive de facto defensive coordinator for Philly and the Nets and maybe at some point um, with the Spurs, but yeah, with the Nets, that's not exactly the biggest feather in your cap, but no, it's a very mixed bag because they were like very good defensively <laughs> in the past, but the the Nets, but at the same time, like the Nets weren't terrible in the playoffs defensively. No. I mean you just think it's hard to motivate guys to play defense in the in the regular season, especially the lineups they were they're running out there sometimes. But I I have faith that they're gonna be at least a solid defensive team. And I hope that he did stress ball movement. That was one of the first things he mentioned and that just made me so happy because it was so frustrating last year. Just watching Tatum, like, like I love Tatum. He's obviously a great scorer. Watching Tatum just dribble the ball for like twenty seconds, the next possession, like Jalen, Jalen, Jalen tends not to be as as isolation as Tatum, but it was just the ball. The ball seemed to stick to people's hands way too much. And so hopefully that changes next year. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, as far as like Tatum's game goes, that would that's definitely my biggest thing with him. Is I'm on the same page with you. I love watching him, but at the same time, I'm like. <sighs> could you just be a little more deliberate with your moves or don't dance with the ball so much? Cause I mean, just makes you easier to defend when <laughs> yeah. you know that you're going to dribble, you know, around for a while before you can figure out what your, uh, what your move's going to be. Yeah. In the regular season too, he didn't have a very high, like he, I'm pretty sure he's below the 50th percentile, like isolation points. Like he wasn't super effective when he did go isolation either. So like, that wasn't very helpful. He obviously has the skills too. I think in the playoffs, he was he was doing he was very effective in isolation, but during the regular season, he really wasn't. Yeah, what the fuck that noise was, but that's not. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's obviously an idea. So hopefully, the ball movement improves, and I think it will just naturally too, because especially if if Tristan gets moved, you're replacing Tristan's minutes with Al Horford, who's a good passer. Mm-hmm. Kemba's not going to be on on the court on the team, so maybe more Mark Smart. Mark Smart loves to pass the ball. He's a, a big time playmaker, and whoever we add, I think, is going to be a plenty fine playmaker too. I think just with the stress on it too, I think we're going to be a much improved playmaking team, and hopefully a lot more ball movement. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I even liked like watching Robert Williams. I think that was uh, one of the things that a lot of us didn't know that he was going to be so good at was like he's like when you put him at the free throw line, he's really good at just decision making of in terms of. Um, like, do I need to dive? Do I need to get this, get the ball to someone else? He's also just a great passer too. Um, so I think if he can be healthy, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, offensively reminds me a lot of bam, just the way he plays offense, because like you see Miami and it's like, they have two guys that legitimately cannot shoot a three to save their life. Like him and like bam and Butler, they cannot shoot threes at all. And, 
spacing is not really big, that big of an issue because, I mean, they do have Duncan Robinson, who's an incredible spot shooter, but it's because Bam's allowed to work from low post. You still have to guard him because he is able to facilitate, and he is such an athlete that he can um, make a lot make a lot happen. He can slip by guys and make things happen. So you do, you do have to be constantly aware of where he is on the court, even though he can't shoot because he is effective with the ball without, without the ball in his hands, just doing pick and rolls, just kind of slipping, slipping behind guys, backdoor cuts. And he also is really effective with the ball in his hands, just looking for guys cutting when he's, when he's at the elbow. So I have high hopes for him. I'm the health is the one thing that really concerns me, but if he can stay healthy, man, I'm, I'm so high on Robert Williams. Like I, I adore Robert. Williams. I think he's going to be incredible. Same, same. Um, I, Fingers crossed for his health because is there a bigger like gasp than when he hits the floor? Because every time I'm like, fuck, we, we, yeah. we're going to be without him for like six to 10 games. Every time I don't care what he's doing, like if he's diving for a loose ball or he trips over someone's foot, like trying to box someone out, I'm like, all right, like we're going to have to see Tristan a good amount for the next week or two. Yeah. At least now we have a little bit more insurance work. Our third string. Well, I mean, we still have Tristan on the roster, so he's our third string center, I guess. But even Moses Brown, like he defensively struggles, but at least he can like ride something as a third string center instead of sending out Grant or Cornette. We have a guy that has that potential every once in a while to get a twenty point twenty rebound game. <laughs> hey, at least apparently Moses Brown loves to play in the TD Garden. So, because <laughs> I I I don't remember. Yeah, what was the stat line in that game where? It was like 23 points, 21 rebounds. And he had like 20, 19 at the half or something like that. <laughs> so he did slow down. Like he is someone that, that once people get the sky report on him, he did slow down, but he still just is a really good offensive rebounder. Yeah. And still got it. That's decently effective around the rim. So, I mean, if he can add a little bit to his game, especially defensively, he could, he could in the future be helpful for the Celtics. I know he's on a real fr- team friendly deal. So. Yeah. That may have been the worst loss of the season, right? Oh, easily, yeah. Well, yeah. The, was that the game we lost to them? Yeah, because they had been they were on like a fourteen or something. Oh yeah, game they were. And then they streak. lost like they lost like ten more afterwards too. <laughs> like it was just like holy shit. And we were like that was the one game. I'm pretty sure didn't, didn't Kemba play as well? Then we we only had like one guy out that game. I think you're right. Like there's absolutely no reason to lose that game. It was just like holy fuck, and it's like ah, that's brutal. You can't you can't be losing those. And towards Dude, the end of the year, we we flailed to the playoffs. Like we absolutely like just we played like some absolute dog shit <laughs> going to the playoffs. They they tricked me because there was a two week stretch. I think it was about two weeks where maybe it was in March. But I don't know. Do you remember the stretch where I want to say most of it was during a West Coast trip where they played really well. Like I remember they beat the Nuggets, they beat the Blazers on the road. Those were like the two biggest wins. But they went. I want to say they won. They won like four six out of five in a row or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they, they went on a good little run out west, and and it was right when like the the playoff race was getting close. And then I think that that Oklahoma City loss happened not too long after. Yep. And that was um, that was when like Tatum went into February 2020 mode, where he was just like on fire, and I was like, oh, okay, like they they've turned it around. And then yeah. Yeah, you thought I thought so too because they had an early run like in in like December, like right before or maybe late November. No, yeah, it had to be December. No, no, no. when did the season start? The season started like right before, so it must have been January. It fucks me up thinking of like early in the season being in like middle of January, but 
they were in like the middle of January or something like that. And they had a good little run and they were doing this without, without, uh, I think it was right before they lost him to COVID, but they were doing this run without Kemba and they were playing oh, really right. well. It's like, Oh, it's like, Oh, it's like once they get Kemba back, like this team, like we were like the four seed or something. It's like, Oh, once they get Kemba back, like we're the four seed now, like we're going to be cruising to like a, a two, three seed in the East. And we get Kemba back and Mark Smart went out and Tatum with COVID. And it's just like, it, things just kept piling up and, team just never gelled this year so imagine looking back at that and if you were able to tell your old self like in those times like it's not going to get any better than this it's actually going to get significantly worse <laughs> even like, when Kemba like... comes back would you believe me you'd be like no shut the fuck up like this team is on their way to you know true contention it's like what do you mean we're getting a, we're getting a guy who's an all-star last year back it's like it's and we gave him time to rest and he's not gonna play back to back he's gonna be healthy it's like, what, what do you mean? <laughs> and they're just, well, they're wildly disappointing this year, but hopefully that's the worst season we have for them in a while. I'd be okay with it. They got a good core, of course, of just having Jalen and Tatum alone. Like, that's going to get you. That's going to get you. That should, going forward, be able to get you to the playoffs on that alone as long as they're healthy. Yeah. Looking forward to having fans back for the regular season and yeah. full capacity. <laughs> I kind of liked that. I went down to a game and well, when was it? Must have been. Was it February? It, yeah, no, it was April. I went to a game in April. Yeah, obviously, I don't think February anything was open, but I went to a game in April, right around my birthday, and um, it was only twenty five percent capacity. And that was so nice. You could sprawl out. You could like didn't have to worry. It, it was it was nice. Like weren't crowded lines. You didn't have to wait for for the bathroom. It was, it was really ideal. I honestly loved it. it it's like, I'm going to miss this when it just goes back to like normal. Yeah. Uh, what was like, what was, um, cause I had a friend who went to like one of those games too. And he was saying that um, there was something different about how you would order beers and stuff. But either way, uh, I mean, it sounds like. Fucking... Yeah. You couldn't, you, I don't think you could order it. You had to like, I don't know. Yeah, my I didn't actually order beer when I was there, but my girlfriend did, and she had to do something weird too. You have to like special. You have to like order it. Yeah, that's what it was. Like, did, did you order it on like an iPad or something, and then yeah. they just bring it to you? You had to like order it from your phone. Like, you had to, they give you like a code to get to it on your phone, and they like they bring it to you or something because they wouldn't. They wouldn't just have like people with beer like walking around. Yeah, like they normally do, but. Yeah, that makes sense. I I wish I'd been able to experience one of those yeah. games too. Cause like I'm I'm two and zero in games at the uh, Celtics that I've been to live. Um, the first one was I watched Robert Williams. I think he had like four or five blocks in like one of his first big games when he was playing against it was Atlanta a couple of years ago. And then last year I watched the big Kemba game. Oh Kemba shit! Thirty where Kemba had thirty seven. We beat the Suns. Okay. So, right, I, so I don't know, maybe I'm good luck. Maybe I got choked every game, but. So what you're saying is we need to replace Lucky the Leprechaun at half court with just a picture of you. Yeah, just like I, or just like give me, just gift me season tickets. Uh, I'll be okay with that. Like I'll, I'll fair. accept that. That seems like fair enough. Doesn't seem like I'm pushing it too much, but. Doesn't have to be great seats. As long as I'm like, you know, not too, too far back. And as long as I'm kind of near center court, that's all I'm really asking for. I was gonna say, let's get you near center court, regardless of where you are. Balcony, yeah. loge, doesn't matter. We were I the went first row to... of the balcony. And it was awesome. Like oh, right at center man. court. 
Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to sit there just because, like, you can prop your feet up on the – because don't they have, like, a little window a little bit? Um, yeah. Like the barrier, so I went to yeah, – that, that was ideal. It was awesome. Yeah. First row, it doesn't matter what fucking section you're in. But I was at a – I was at Fenway for – it was a couple Saturdays, Saturdays ago um, when they were playing the Yankees, and I was like, damn, this is super nice to have uh, – or it's just like good to see hundred percent capacity, people having a good time, yada yada. But then at the same time, it took like fucking forty five minutes. You'd miss half an inning just trying to get a beer, no matter where you were. <laughs> so, yeah, definitely pros and cons to having. Um, I don't see any cons on. Like, I just don't. I don't like being like that close to people either. It's like you're shoulder to shoulder with some stranger next to you. I I just I love the the limited capacity. Yeah, it was not. <laughs> I, I had no complaints about that. You're right. Wow, this is this is the best sporting event I've ever been to. <laughs> I think if I could control it, I'd be like on TV. I want to see it sold out. If I go, twenty five percent capacity. Yeah, or at least like at least like the two my row. You know, my row is like pretty scattered, but the seat besides me are <laughs> beside me are empty. You I, know, that's all. I'm not asking too much. Just just a couple seats missing, just right around where I am. Yeah, uh, and and also make the fucking seats bigger at oh, any yeah. of these arenas, stadiums, whatever. I fucking hate Fenway was designed for people that were born in like the 1880s. Like, I'm not very big, and like I'm still like pretty pretty crowded in that. Like I, <laughs> oh big time. Like, there's like little like there's like. I feel bad if you're like actually like a big, big dude trying to fit in one of those spots or trying to squeeze by people and stuff. Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Like, um, I don't know how you feel about like, if you go to a, a regular capacity game, I try to avoid um, going to the bathroom. And as a result, I try to avoid, like I'll get drinks to begin the game. But then if no one else wants to drink, then I'm like, fine, we'll just drink afterwards. Cause I fucking hate scooting by people like asking people to like make them stand every time you got to make sure not to spill everything that's in your hands, not to knock over the shit that's on like the floor. If, if people have like beers there in front of their seats, like, yeah, it's a, it's a shit show in my opinion. Yeah, no, I don't get up. I pee like before, before I go, before I get in there and I just, I don't drink anything like water. Um, don't drink beer. Like I just like, I basically just like dehydrate myself. Just don't have to piss or get up, get up for anything. That's a responsible way to do it. You got to treat it like you're about to go on like a uh, five hour plane ride or something like, fuck yeah. this. I'm not making anyone stand. And I hope no one makes me stand. Yeah. That's the whole thing is like, you know, I'm just going to enjoy it. Then you, have, of course, have the people that they're drinking, they're grabbing cold beers every inning, dude. They're getting up every, in between every inning, getting beers, also having to pass. And it's like, holy shit. Like, uh, I, I definitely, really- don't, definitely don't miss that. Yeah. It's even worse, I feel like, because I was with a, a group of friends that I hadn't seen in a while. So people were like, yeah, let's get some beers. Let's get drunk at the game. Let's drink after. And I was like, well, why don't we just drink after? And obviously that I was the the minority in thinking that. And we were just up every fucking half hour, 45 minutes and missed so much of the game. And you're just yeah, standing in line, not knowing when you're going to be back. <laughs> I know that sucks, dude. It's like, I'm one of those people too. Like, I don't like, like, 
I don't think I'd like to get drunk at like a sporting event. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It's just like, it, it just sucks. Cause then you're like uncoordinated and then you have to like move through people. And it's just, <laughs> it's like, I'm on, un, I'm uncoordinated as it is. Dude. I don't even add like me getting drunk to it, trying to squeeze through these like rows where if I slip and fall, <laughs> I'm going, I'm going down like seven flights of seven flights of seats. Like that's just not enjoyable to me. So I'll just like, I'll just wait till afterwards. I think also like spilling shit on people in the fr- in front of you. Yeah. Cause I've definitely done that on my way back to a seat where like someone kind of knocked my elbow or something. And then a little beer spilled on the, say a girl in the, in the, yeah. in the row in front of you and their hair is kind of like hanging over the back of their seat. And I was like, well, it's a good thing. I ha- I have to keep walking another 10 seats. Cause I think that girl kind of looked back and I just kept walking. I was like, I, I didn't see anything. I don't know what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I know, that's that's what sucks too. It's like I try and get bottles too for that reason because I don't like trust myself with the cups. Yeah. If it's in cans or something like that, like I'd rather have cans just because that way I I trust myself not to fucking like just dump a can over someone. Whereas <laughs> whereas like the cups, it's just like holy shit. Like especially because they're always filled up to the brim. It's like I don't trust myself. Yeah. Drop drop a hot dog full of ketchup on a girl in front of you. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awful. But yeah. Um... Otherwise, like, yeah, I, I like seeing on TV, at least, when the crowd is fucking loud and going ham. Like, it's good to be back. Oh, shit. My phone's about to die. Oh, you, you're good, bro. Um, okay. I appreciate you having me on. Um, once again, I'll make sure to, like, plug your uh, plug the podcast, Morse Code Pod. I enjoy listening to it. You guys are very entertaining. Uh, credit, credit to you and Dan. Um so P on Twitter. It's just so P underscore, right? That's all it is. That's it. Yep. Yeah. And then check out if you are a fan of the Morse code pod, check out their merch. I saw you uh you had like the is it like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle font? Yeah. Uh, Dan Dan's the one that um uh I'll give credit to him. He's the one that's uh like done a lot of that stuff. So yeah, if you feel like supporting, one of them is a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles font. Um we that got one the, like, cool. logo like, that and one, stuff. That one looked pretty dope. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like that's that looks good. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to have you come through, bro. We'll talk some. Uh, we'll talk some Celtics on on our show this summer too. I love talk. I love talking some C's. Um, it was nice having you on. I'll see you, SOP. Um, enjoy your enjoy your weekend. Well, I guess yeah. I guess it's only Wednesday, right? <laughs> yeah, that's enjoy all the rest right. Of your week. All right, bro. Thanks for having me on. Okay. Peace. Peace. I ain't talking to you broke bitches, I got money now, all a nigga understand is, since that check came in, everybody talking like a nigga, acting funny now, that don't matter, all I hear is, since that check came in, I love it when you talk to me, my cash machine, my cash machine, I love it when you talk to me, my cash machine, my cash machine, since that check came in. Don't you know I got that bag? And best believe my mama straight. Uh, I sent some bands of Tatiana. And if I bought you out, I'd pay away. 
I cop the second set of goldens, these ones way more colder I'm in the sky like all the time and now it's no layover My records all across the wave and there was no payola This money new, these honey's blue, I'm talking no Crayola My credit card is a plastic bankroll Still keep that knock cause I get guap from pay shows Got a balance in the cut langin' low Talking to that it does whatever I say so well. I ain't talking to you broke bitches I got money now All a nigga understand is Since that check came in Everybody talking like a nigga Acting funny now That don't matter All I hear is Since that check came in I love it when you talk to me My cash machine My cash machine I love it when you talk to me My cash machine My cash machine Since that check came in I used to get the coldest shows, but now I get the hottest ass. How I feel about you is lukewarm. Let me burn you up cause I got all this cash. I'm asking where you work at, what kind of car you drive. Beat down a court, cashier up at five guys. I get thousands for the walkthrough inside a nightclub, strip clubs, big bucks. Yes sir, that's right. You done got left if you don't got my new number. Rich man told me it's a part of the comma. Remember when they used to want me to shut up? Now it's ironic cause I only conversate with them honors. I ain't talking to you broke bitches, I got money now. All a nigga understand is since that check came in. Everybody talking like a nigga, acting funny now. That don't matter, all I hear is since that check came in. I love it when you talk to me. My cash machine, my cash machine. I love it when you talk to me My cat machine, my cat machine Since I check came in